0: All right. What's up, everybody? Uh, thanks for coming in. Um, let's give a couple minutes to see if we can get some more people in here and then we can get going.
1: Uh,
0: how are things, Stephen?
1: Things are good, man. I had kind of a strange, kind of a strange day, but like in a good way. I, uh, Not to start on, like, a somber note or anything, but, like, I went and saw my mom, went to her grave today, do that every now and then. So it was, like, just one of those kind of days, like, the weather was really good, and my dad was free, so rolled over there, changed the flowers out on the headstone and everything, and so it was a good day, just kind of a day where I kind of hung out, thought about her and stuff, but, you know, you need those every now and then, you know what I mean? So Yeah, pretty somber yeah pretty somber but in like a good way and i actually got some um some stuff of hers that my dad used to have oh he's held on to for like years and he wants me to have now and it's like these like old diaries of hers and stuff from like 1999 and all this stuff it's like just it was like a real it was pretty it was pretty emotional but it was like it was just really good you know it'll be 20 years next year that she's passed away so like just kind of, you know, just one of those kind of days. But, like, a good day, though. Like, by no means, like, a bad yeah. day. Just we're just one of those types of days, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, awesome. That sounds
1: good. Yeah, what about you, man?
0: Uh, yeah, Just working. And then um, trying to catch up. I, I, I miss Dynamite mostly. I've, I've just watched clips because we had, like, a storm and the satellite went out. And it didn't record. So um, I didn't get a chance to watch all of it uh i did see some stuff of it though i mean it looked like a pretty solid show
1: you see the main event
0: yeah i saw some of it i I mean i saw that like chris statlander's back so i think that's really cool um i think that um also trent's back right Yep. and i heard the match was actually good
1: correct i really liked it yeah i don't know i mean it's gonna be really hard for AEW to top like the street fight between best friends and proud and powerful but that was like i think it was pretty damn close to be honest it was it was literally action from start to finish like it like there was no just like downtime they just they went out there and did everything and then like when you thought there might be some downtime then sue drives up the minivan and Trent gets out the back and it's like Trent's back, so like everyone's going crazy. And like they were using that um where's my mind theme song now? Like the best friends changed their theme song. Tony bought that, another is song. Is Orange
0: Cassidy theme song that they're coming out to, or is that like for best friends?
1: I think it's for best friends, because Orange Cassidy on the indies used a song called Jane. And I don't know if maybe Tony Khan will buy that also. Like I remember at one point Chuck Taylor coming out to Oh, what was it? He came out to, like, the Pete and Pete theme song on the Indies once. I remember that. Okay. Um, Yeah, just, like, I don't know. I, like, went back when the Young Bucks used to come out to Umbop, if you remember those days. Yeah. PWG. Yep, exactly. So, it's, uh, so I I really, really enjoyed the match, and I really like the Best Friends one, and they made Miro look really, really good, and Kip Sabian took the L, and you can tell, like, Miro is probably just going to beat him up soon, and, like, do something different, which is, yeah. I think, good for everyone, so. Awesome, and
0: you, uh, there also was, um, I, it looked like the, the Kenny match was really good, the Kenny and, and um, Laredo Kid and Phoenix and Pentagon.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was, and, you know, I watch MLW every week before Dynamite, and Laredo okay. Kid has been on there quite a bit, and I, You know, he does pretty well on MLW, but I think he looks so much better on AEW. And I don't know if it's like because of the way they shoot the shows or what, but I feel like he just comes off so much more like a major star when he's wrestling for AEW. Um, But that all being said, like, I really, really enjoyed. I I like that match. I like that they have Laredo Kid with uh, Lucha Brothers because, I don't know, Pac must be heard, right? Yeah, that's what I heard. So at least it gives them you know something good to do, like trios wise, still. And Radio kid's a great person with like that history with Kenny from like triple and stuff.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um yeah, and then I saw the inner circle stuff. That was great.
1: I agree. I thought I it thought was really, really
0: good. It really well.
1: Yeah, and they I mean uh inner circle are clearly baby faces now, and like you know. I think that whatever they wind up doing, whether it's like a blood and guts or whatever with, uh, with, uh, the pentacle, I think that'll wind up being, it'll wind up being really good. I think.
0: Yeah. And it, it, I mean, and what I liked the way they shot it and stuff, it looked brutal. Like it looked like they were really fighting, you know, you could, you could hear all the thuds, you hear them really laying it in. Like it, it looked good. Um, and the inner circle came off looking really good. And the great thing is, even though Pinnacle got beat up, it was like totally by surprise. So they weren't prepared. So it didn't just look like, you know, the new group just gets started and then gets destroyed. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, for sure. And it's it's pretty cool how, I mean, obviously this was planned, but the groups match up so perfectly against each other. Like you have Hager and Wardlow, you have, you know, MJF and Jericho, you have... Uh, like Spears and Sammy kind of all match up. You have FTR and Santana and Ortiz who kind of match up. Like it's it's literally like the the evil version of Inner Circle. I, I think it's I think it's been done really well, and I think the match will be good. Like people kind of get on Jericho's case. I feel like because you know because he isn't like what he used to be, but I think he'll totally deliver in whatever big match they have um, for all this. Yeah, for sure. He looks like he's in better shape. Yeah,
0: that's good. You yeah. can use it. <laughs> um, what else? What else happened on that show? I thought it was – oh, I saw the Don Callis uh, confrontation with Matt Jackson. That was good.
1: Yep, really Eddie good. And
0: that, that, do you think the Bucks are going to turn on Moxley, though?
1: I don't know. The Moxley thing is really interesting because they need to be building the Rich Swan and Kenny thing and Moxley lost... They
0: seem to not give a crap about building anything with Impact. Like, they that, were okay with even building something with New Japan. You know, like, they got Kenta on AEW Dynamite. They brought him in, everything. This is, like, this is... Every time they've done something on Impact, they really haven't built it.
1: Yeah. Or on Dynamite, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they, uh... I mean, they do have a month. Like, Rebellion, I think, is, like, the 25th or something like that. So... It'll be – it's on the same edge as, like, a big UFC – it might be on the same edge as 262, actually. I'm pretty Uh, sure it is. 262 is, like, May 15th. Well, maybe 261, I'm thinking. Yeah, maybe. The 24th
0: of it. That's a bad, bad idea.
1: Yeah, really bad timing on that. Triple title fights with the UFC competing with – and I'm sure I'll be doing the post-show for – for fightful and everything, I, I am excited for the show. But that all being said, like I, th- I thought, we were kind of past the Moxley Omega stuff because, yeah. like, if he lost, then you know. So, and they do need to build the Rich Swan thing. Like, they need to because AEW and Impact need to give us like everyone knows Rich Swan's not going to win. Like, we get it, we know that, mm-hmm. but AEW needs to be putting the the something out there like Rich Swan come a a month from now, Rich Swann could be our world heavyweight champion. Like people need to know who Rich Swann is and make us think that there's a chance he's going to win this title. Right. Like
0: that's so true because it's like they're, they're building this match, but like they haven't even introduced him to the AEW crowd. And so it's like, uh, there's no chance he's winning. Like exactly. And they're making it known. So yeah, I, I agree with that. That's pretty bad. Um. So, you felt like last week was a, or yesterday was a good show, right? Like I thought, yeah. it looked like it was a good show for sure.
1: Yeah, it was, and from what I've heard and the little bit I've seen of NXT, it looked like that was a great show too. So it sounded like there was two really good shows last night. That's I haven't fair. seen. Um, I do need. I do want to go back and watch the latest NXT though, because like I did hear it was like good enough to like go back and just watch the whole thing. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean they have. We're, we're going to preview the card, but they have a pretty stacked uh, two two day event thing going on for them. So, um, yeah, I, I, I it look it looked good. I haven't watched it, but man, that I watched that Kyle O'Reilly Adam Cole video package. That thing's a masterpiece. If you haven't seen that, like go watch it. It's unbelievable. Um, and it was like almost like cinematic, but then they really, like, it, it don't, you know what it kind of reminded me of? It kind of reminded me of, like, those fan-made video packages where they just, like, go to the extreme at the end. Yeah. With like the heavy, like, music opera type, and, like, you, like, it felt, like, damn near like a gladiator or something. Like They had, like,
1: rain effects on yeah, them at the end the and stuff. Yeah, and everything.
0: like, that was not normal, and it was amazing, like, Props to WWE for that. You know, that's one thing that I I don't know if AEW will ever catch up with them is just on some of their production. I mean, when you watch some of those video packages, you forget how bad their show is. And then you, you know, after that video package, you're like, all right, I want to see this match. And then the match happens and you're like, yeah, I remember they suck. I totally, you know, lost. And then you see it like Big E and uh, Apollo, like, Totally looking forward to that. the The video package totally sold me on it, and then it was just garbage. Did yeah. they get, Did they get a WrestleMania match added?
1: I'm pretty sure it's I'm pretty sure it's Apollo and Cruz for the title Mania.
0: Okay, okay,
1: we'll have to confirm that with our. AW viewers or sorry, WWE viewers in the chat. We'll, we'll I mean, I, I figure we'll do the WrestleMania predictions next week because we'll be on here yeah. Thursday. So yeah, go, for sure. Yeah, so we'll definitely get into that. And then tonight, like you said, we'll we'll do NXT predictions because they they do have on paper they have a very solid two nights.
0: Yeah, they really do, and good main events. Like it's it's gonna be. It's gonna be a good. But damn it, dude. You gotta do that in front of fans, man. I am so sick of the Thunderdome and all that. And it's not just that, but like you're doing WrestleMania in front of fans. That's why that's the only reason why I'm really emphasis, emphasizing doing it in front of fans because like, come on, it's now uh it's now it's now there. You have the opportunity, and it's like, no, we're gonna keep it in the Thunderdome. It's like
1: like, do you think NXT should have just done the same spots that WrestleMania is doing? Yeah, and just I, don't know if fans you, in? I
0: mean, you really can't do it at the same stadium, right? But just do like outdoor seating, four or five thousand people, if that's what you know. Because there's gonna be fans there that weekend. Like, there still is a WrestleCon. There still is indie shows. Like, you know, like they've already filmed the Hall of Fame stuff already too. Like, yeah,
1: which that was sad to hear about the like. Do you hear about what like the what they had the fans do for that? No, no. They've already pre-recorded all the fans' reactions before. The, so it's like they literally like got on a call and was like, "Hey, everybody, do the NWO stuff for like whenever Scott Hall comes out or whatever." They were telling them like to cheer and, and act surprised and act excited. Like before, it's all pre-taped. Like there's not gonna be actual fan reactions for the Hall of Fame. They're gonna be out there accepting these awards in front of pre-recorded uh, fan video.
0: Are they doing a speech at all?
1: I have no idea, dude. But when I heard about the pre-recorded stuff, I was like, I'm probably just not going to watch it. Like, well, and then they
0: did one day, they did um, 2020's class. And then I looked like today they did 2021's class. So I don't know. I don't know. Yeah.
1: I mean, I feel good for the people going into the Hall of Fame. You know, like I think there's some diver- deserving names in there. You know, a lot of people are trashing the great Collie going in, and I totally get it. But I'm also like, I think there's worse people in the Hall of Fame already that are worse than the great colleague. So like, I don't, I, mean, I can't even Hall dispute Fame, it.
0: The Hall of Fame is literally like, I mean, I think there's definitely legit Hall of Famers that belong there, but it's also like company based. Yeah if it makes their company look good, if it makes them uh, grow in any way, then they'll just use that person to get attention, to put them in the hall of fame. You know what I mean?
1: You almost need like I know it's somewhat disrespectful, but like you almost need like, a second tier level of a Hall of Fame, I feel like. Where, like, there's, you have to, like, spot, like, the, cause there's such a big difference between, like, what Stone Cold Steve Austin brought to the table and what, like, Coco Beware brought to the table. For sure. You know what I mean? Like, for sure. I get the celebrity wing thing, but that is what that is. I get, I get that stuff, cause that's, like, kind of different. But, like, individual inductions, man, it's, it's like.
0: I think, I think there should be, like, a list, right? And, you know, they get a shout-out, maybe a small little video package, and that's it, and they're in. But then, like, the big names get, like, actual entrances. They get stuff to, um, you know, they get speeches, things like that.
1: Yeah, I'd be with that. And, you know, we got to get other people in there, too. Like, the, I know it's, like, a timing thing and stuff, but, like, The Rock isn't in. And, like, how can you have the Hall of Fame and The Rock's not in it? Yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, and it's you know, not like the NFL where you have to retire for five years before you're eligible and all that stuff. They can do whatever they want.
1: I'm surprised Daniel Bryan wasn't – like, when I found out that he was maybe getting inducted this year, like, there was all these yeah. rumors, I was like, I thought he was already in.
0: But – so so here's the thing, though. He He never was in. But, like, how did that happen? Like – was he in the original plans to go into the hall of fame is that the main reason why he got added to the main event is this his last match like what what don't we know because you don't put somebody in there on the network and put like Daniel Bryan hall of fame and then have like his best moments on the network if they had no plans of doing that whatsoever
1: yeah. Yeah, I I I feel you on that for sure. And like Bob Dawson mentioned like The Rock going in in front of a crowd. I for sure, but my point is like that he should have already been in there like years yeah. ago. Like Triple H too. I mean, you know, like the yeah. fact that he's not in the Hall of Fame is strange. Like, you know, I get bands cuz has
0: to do with just those guys have not fully admitted that they're done. And so they're going to leave it open until like, they really just say no Moss, like Taker, for example, like yeah. Taker now can go in because we know he's done, but like, he's not doing this thing cinematic match, Steven. I'm sorry, but like, I uh, uh, never say never, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the end of the day though, I feel like that um, the, the majority, they usually have to show that they're officially done and then, you know, then they go in. So we'll
1: see. I'm kind of surprised Dan O'Brien didn't get inducted when he retired. Like they put Edge in like right away and, you know, they didn't think Dan O'Brien was ever going to, re- you know, wrestle again. I figured that they would have put him in like during his retirement, but that's my opinion.
0: Also, um, did you uh, notice that? Um, what was I going to say? Dang, lost my train of thought. Anyways, Chris sent me a super chat, Chris Warden. And guys, now if you send super chats, I know how to put them up on the screen, so you will get your uh, question up on the screen. Appreciate it, Chris. So, so is two nights this year, and the Andre Battle Royal can't even make it to either night, and Aleister Black can't even get booked in the match. WTF. And this – this whole thing is crazy because it's not just the Andre Battle Royal; it's like a tag match for the titles, right? Isn't it Ray and Dominic Mysterio or whatever?
1: Oh, is that what it is? I, I oh, I recently found out the champions are Ziggler and Rude. So, okay. I didn't know I, that. Yeah, I, I guess that's what the magic so I didn't so you didn't know who the champions were. I did not know who the challengers were. I think well, I just saw that
0: like Ray, there people are like, wow, so Ray and Dominic are gonna win the titles and it's not even gonna be at Mania. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's so bad. I, I don't know. I don't know what they're doing, okay? Um so yeah, it, and it, it just it, it it has lost so much appeal and importance. To the um, to the whole show, like it's just, and not only that, if you're part of that Andre Battle Royal, right? I mean, even Zach Ryder, Matt Cardona said that he's feel sorry for the guys, and that guy normally never really gets involved and in complains or talk, but like he knows that's a slap in the face, and like you're looking at that that the people that are in it, it's like Buddy Murphy, Ricochet, like, uh, you know, these, these guys. And I, by the way, I started, I was like, man, I need some new merch. You know, I haven't, haven't done merch in a while. So I went to WWE stuff and I was so stuck on like buying legend stuff. I wanted a macho, a Hulk. I I didn't want anything current. Right. So I went to their clearance and all of Keith Lee shirts were on clearance and all the Velveteen Dreams shirts were on clearance. And I was just like, hmm. Okay. So I don't know about this whole Keith Lee health issue that they keep talking about. Or it, maybe it's a cover up for something else. Um, but just just something to keep an eye out on.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. And with that, with that battle royal. Yeah, the names were like I saw Ali was in that. I saw Jay Uso was in that. I was like, hasn't this guy been like one of the focal points of one of the I main feel like stories? Got
0: to win it. Like when I looked at it, Shinsuke
1: Nakamura is in it.
0: Yeah, oh I know. <laughs> when I looked at it though, I probably like most TV focused time and all that stuff is probably Jay Uso. So I think he's right. the one that's got to win it. Yeah, and he can take the trophy to Roman, and Roman can be like, "Good job" or whatever. But I, I don't know. I feel like that they had a playbook and then they just kind of took that playbook and they threw it out the window. And then they're just like, okay, who fits where? And what are we going to do? And I mean, this whole triple threat and two night main event. And is it confirmed that Sasha and and Bianca is the main event for night one? No idea. I saw that on Wikipedia. I don't know if that's true or not.
1: That would be smart though. I think because with, because night one's going to be Drew and Lashley, yeah, and I, Lashley. I bet you anything, Drew McIntyre is the first person to walk out with fans because they're going to want that. The loudest pop in history is going to be when, fan, like I've heard rumors, they might not even do pre-show matches. Because, yeah, I like, heard they're, that. which like,
0: kind of makes sense because they haven't seen fans in over a year. So, like the first match where people get to see fans, they want it to be somewhat special. So that does make sense, um, but they
1: broke up the hurt business on Monday I saw because that and it's yeah.
0: just it's mind-boggling.
1: Did well, they what they're Baron Corbin. I, I, that's I mean it seemed like that's the way they were heading, and I like I, I what it literally literally seems a little
0: like. bit different about Baron Corbin than everybody else in the hurt business. I don't know if I can pinpoint it, but something's not right there.
1: Yeah, he wasn't an amateur wrestler. Um <laughs> That. Dude, I I kid you not The WWE I promise you this is what happened They are so Concerned with people actually liking The Hurt Business And and they're so concerned with the fans Potentially booing McIntyre After this whole year of like Having him as the top guy That they're like all right, well let's destroy the Hurt Business Because people cheer for that and people like it And let's add in Baron Corbin because nobody likes it
0: Uh, Why else would you do that? It's really bad. And and not only that, like people were really behind Bobby Lashley. I don't know if Drew, they're going to be behind Drew. I feel like a lot of people are going to be behind Bobby Lashley because yeah. at the end of the day, they saw Drew with the title for like a year and they're probably just want something new. So like, I don't see them being ecstatic if Drew wins or anything like that. And even, but to me, you break up the hurt business because you plan on having Bobby Lashley lose. I don't see you keep being, if you were, if you wanted to keep it strong, you keep that going, you let it win.
1: Yeah. When personally, I think Lashley is perfect as their champion right now, as long as he has MVP as his mouthpiece for most of the, you know, most of the promos I like he, because for me, it is something different too. Like he's a guy that has had the talent for a long time he really proved it an impact with his last run there, like that he could be a top guy and be entertaining and have good main event matches. How,
0: how did you, how do you never do Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar?
1: I know they have to now though. Like that's part of this too, right? Like if, if Brock ever comes back, that has to be a reason they got Lashley in the position they have him in. Cause that's a no brainer. I feel the same way.
0: That's baffling to me though.
1: They had a few chances, too, where like it would be like Lashley versus Roman and the winner would go on to wrestle La- Lesnar, but Roman would win. It's like, you know, yeah, they've had the opportunity many times to do it.
0: That's insane. Um, yeah, I don't I can't I can't make sense out of it. I mean, there's going to be certain things that, that I'll look forward to and all that. But I mean, we can save Mania for for next week. We can talk about it. Yeah. Um, do you have the NXT card pulled up?
1: I uh, Well, in a matter of seconds. So, no, okay. What do you want to start with?
0: Um, let's just go with night one.
1: All right. We got it pulled up. So night one. Like, Yeah. I mean, yeah. First one I see is Pete Dunne and Kushida. I haven't watched the weekly show enough to like know why a lot of these matches are happening. Yeah. Um, same. But, I mean, that's a solid... That's a solid match.
0: We're 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 awesome to listen to, but we'll we'll figure this thing out. Um, well, I
1: mean, like some of this stuff, like O'Reilly and Cole, I could talk about for an entire podcast yes, for sure. But like, you know what I mean? But uh, like uh, this yeah. match,
0: I'm not sure. I think it'll be good. It'll be really good, actually. Um, again, I it's just I just want fans, man. I can like the hype for this show would be so much more crazy if we had like one of those like WrestleMania weekend takeover fans for these shows like wow that'd be amazing
1: but it would have been i, I uh, was there at uh the one at wrestlemania 30 and 31 we well, know not 30 wrestlemania 33 did they do it yeah they did the takeover i've been to i think two wrestlemania takeovers i'm pretty sure and those and it's allowed like whichever it must have been the one for wrestlemania 34 that i'm thinking of the one with the uh the latter match like the 6 man north american title match that Adam yeah, Cole won yeah, yeah. that was one of my favorite matches i've ever watched live i mean the place was going insane for that like with no was, crowd that would have been so different
0: i was at supercard of honor so yeah and, and like i was so torn to go which one but you know the end of the
1: I mean, day i was that was to, the, that was peak Kenny, young, that was peak bullet club
0: yeah that was peak bullet club, yeah, was peak bullet, bullet club. it was Kenny and cody like i yeah. i had to see it um but overall, if you if you really pinpointed me and I, you had to ask me what was the better show. I think Takeover was the better show overall. Like it was, and like I did the same thing in Dallas. I went to um, ROH and Evolve instead of Takeover, and that was Sami Zayn and Nakamura. So um, the next time I might be going to Takeover. Who knows? Who knows what comes WrestleMania weekend? But. Uh, I've been to War Games, the first War Games, um, which was Velveteen Dream and Alistair Black. Also, say my name, and um, that was great. Andrade and Drew McIntyre for the title. Um, oh yeah, when
1: Andrade won it.
0: Yeah, when Drew got injured, and then Andrade won. I was at that one, and then I went to the uh, Worlds Collide in January last year. So I was at that one, where it was like uh, DIY versus Mustache Mountain. And then Walter, what what the Imperium or whatever? Yeah, versus like the Undisputed Era.
1: Did they do? Was that when they did Brody Lee and Dijak? Um, I feel like they did that from a World Collide show. I could be yeah, wrong. Yeah,
0: that's that's the year prior.
1: Oh, okay, was gotcha. Actually
0: like right before Royal Rumble when Edge debuted and all that. Like it was it was right there. So. Gotcha.
1: I got that confused. And gotcha. then I went
0: to AEW in February for in Austin. And then that was the last live show that I've been to. So,
1: yeah, my last live show was Dynamite right before everything started shutting down. The Atlanta show, right? Cody Moonsault Off the Cage.
0: Yeah. 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 So, anyway, but changing my live experience come May. I'm fired up. Yeah. For sure. So, um, all right. So, we got Kushida and Pete done. What else?
1: Well, who's your prediction? Who do you think wins?
0: Uh, I really haven't been watching the show, so I don't really know where they're leaning to. Um, I don't really see how this helps Pete Dunne any, though. Like, if he wins, like, we've seen him do pretty much everything that he's going to do, I think. So I'm going to go with Kishida.
1: Yeah. I have no idea. I'm in literally the same boat as you with this, so I would say I like both guys, though. <laughs> so it's like it's a win-win as long as the match is good. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna say Kashida gets Pete Dunn into his hoverboard lock, and then Pete Dunn like pops his fingers and hits the bitter end for the three. So I'm gonna wow. go Pete Dunn. Cool. Um, yeah, go ahead. Next one. What do you got? MSK, the team of Wesley and Nash Carter, which are names I'm very not used to saying. I hate it. Did you see? <laughs> did you see Taya's new name? No. What is it?
0: Frankie Monet.
1: Like F R A N K I
0: E, F R A N K Y,
1: F R A N K Y. Yes, is that a way that people spell Frankie? Uh,
0: it is right, anyway.
1: Yeah, is I mean, known. I got yeah, but yeah, um,
0: Frankie Monet.
1: Well, they have a Valkyrie in NXT UK, so I figured she wouldn't use that name. Do you mean
0: Taya Monet?
1: Like, right, or just Taya?
0: Just <laughs> Taya. <laughs> yeah, Frankie.
1: I, yeah, that's I hate yeah,
0: making them change their names again. It drives me crazy. They're
1: too, they weren't when AW wasn't around.
0: <laughs> One he was like, you know, like you've been wanting them to sign Tessa. Like, will she be Tessa Blanchard or will she be like, you know, Jasmine Frankenberger? I don't know.
1: <laughs> they, they, I remember they changed Rachel Ellering's name when she was there, too. Because I
0: mean part of the part of the appeal of Tessa is her last name. Exactly. Twilight, right? You can't you can't change that. Like especially if you ever have a wrestle Charlotte, like Charlotte mm-hmm. Flair versus Tessa Blanchard, like for you gotta sure do that. Uh, um, so
1: yeah. MSK has taken on the Grizzled Young Veterans, the team of James Drake and Zach, Zach Gibson that you know did a lot of work on NXT UK before NXT yeah. and Legado del Fantasma. By, by the
0: way, are they merging? Like, why, why are we getting a bunch of NXT NXT UK guys on there?
1: I'm not sure. Okay. I, I, but they, they do have a lot of good talent on the NXT UK show, though. So, like, but it does seem like there is a lot of overlap because – and we'll talk about that on the next show because there's more of that. Um, and on this show, too. But they have Legado Del Fantasma, the team of Raul Mendoza, and Yaquin Wilde, who uh, used to be DJ Zima Ion. Um, okay. And, of course, MSK was the <laughs> Rascals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Wesley and Ash Carter, who used to be Desmond Xavier and – Yeah, the Rascals. Yeah, the Rascals. Desmond Xavier and Zach Wentz. Um,
0: Mike, okay, I get you can't be the Rascals, but can't they keep their regular names? Like,
1: Apparently not.
0: Yeah, I hate it. But anyways, um, look, next –
1: I mean, I think yeah, it'll be I a good match.
0: I feel like they've got the momentum. They won the Dusty Classic or whatever. Like, I, I'm picking them to win.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I think it'll be a good match, though. Like, the Rizzle yeah. Young veterans are a good team, and the do got enough Phantasma. Like, I really like their, their stable with Escobar. So, like, they have been doing good stuff. Um, but I think, yeah, MSK's got the momentum, like you said, and they won the Dusty Classic. After that, it's a six-man gauntlet eliminator match. So the winner of this wrestles uh, for the NXT North American Championship the next night against Johnny Gargano. Oh, okay. So this is going to be a six-man gauntlet. Okay. And we got Leon Ruff, who I still don't know hardly anything about. I saw he won the North American title um, from Gargano. It was, like, while he was feeding with Damian Priest, so a little while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got Isaiah Swerve Scott, who, of course, was yep. Shane, Shane Strickland. Swerve Strickland on the Indies. Uh, right. You have Bronson Reed, who I like a lot. He's a pretty good big man. Uh, you have Cameron Grimes, who is I think is is a very, very good talent. I like him a lot. Um, the old Trevor Lee from the Indies. Yeah. Um, you have Dexter Loomis, who, of course, was Samuel Shaw. Sucks. And Never L.A. Knight. Ever. LA, I'm in that boat with LA Knight. I have never been into Eli Drake, LA Knight. I don't get uh, yeah. it at all. Um, and, apparently and he's already... Knight,
0: that, that name is so lame. Like, yeah.
1: <laughs> remember terrible. LA Remember La Lights, the shoes? Yeah. Those are pretty tight.
0: Yeah. 97.
1: So. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. And LA Knight, I'm pretty sure, has won the right to come in last in this match, which is usually, usually a good sign they're not going to win it, though. Yeah. Um, so, so, those are the participants. So, they have, they do have some really good talent in this one, some that I'm not so big on, some that I'm really big on. Uh, who do you think wins that one in wrestles? Who do you think wins, you know, in, would be the mess, best matchup for Gargano the next night?
0: Mm. I mean, me personally, I would like Shane Strickland to win. Sure. Sort of. um, but I Gargano's a heel,
1: by the way, just for what it's worth. What's up? Gargano's a heel, also, just for what yeah, it's I worth.
0: Know. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, like I said, if it was my pick, I would want uh, Shane Strickland to win.
1: Yeah, I, I like him a lot. I think Cameron Grimes might be a baby face now. I could be wrong. I haven't watched in a minute. But he apparently, like, like his gimmick was, like, stonks recently. Like, he invested in, like, the Blockbuster or whatever. and Like, in real life, I'm pretty sure. And they made it as a gimmick um, on the show. Okay. I, I like him a lot, though. Like I've liked him since he was Trevor Lee. Like I, I, I think he's a great wrestler, and his shoot interviews are like super interesting to me because he's like so, like he's from Cameron, North Carolina, where the most famous things ever from there are the Hardy Boys. Like he's like they're you know. He's always wanted to wrestle, and I like I like him a lot. So on, a, I, I personally like to see either, either be Cameron Grimes or Swerve Strick or Swerve Scott, I should say. Yeah, I, I think though I'm going to go with Bronson Reed because I think he's uh I, I think they'll probably like he hasn't really had much of a chance at the title, I don't think, but he's an athletic big guy makes for kind of a different match for, for Gargano. So it's funny. Like, we're, just
0: going, we're just going based off paper. And like the storyline could be totally going somewhere else, and we have no idea. Like, we probably have completely different predictions,
1: but for sure, like, it's probably Loomis. Like, I bet you Loomis has been like kidnapping the, the members yeah, of his yeah, family, and we just really don't know.
0: Um, yeah, sweet, we got another super chat. Hey, Doug and Steven. this is Phenomenal91210 from Twitter. Brandon, uh, Brandon Austin, right? He's my guy. Um, love when you guys do these. Question, what was your guys' thoughts on Rock versus Austin at Mania 19 back in 2003 and in present time? Okay. Um, so when it comes to this match, like, I was really invested in it for one, um, because... We lost Stone Cold just recently. He walked out, right? And then he came back at No Way Out to face Eric Bischoff. And, like, he had this um, just a really exciting momentum the whole nine, right? Not only that, because I knew he was coming back, Bill and my buddy Chris and I got tickets to Raw in St. Louis to see the build up for the, the match. Um, And during that time, Stone Cold went to a motor wheel show or whatever, and I was able to meet Stone Cold. So that picture that people have seen of me meeting Stone Cold was back right around that time. Um, I was probably 17, 19, something like that. Um, So, yeah, I was super excited for, for Stone Cold and the only thing that really bothers me about the whole thing was, is I really feel like we should have been able to, um, know it was his last match to really be able to say goodbye. Like we had no idea. We found out that, that his career was over when Eric Bischoff read his medical report. And, uh, that's just a hard pill to swallow because he was such a huge name and he just kinda went away. And and I, I you start to kind of notice that as a trend, right? Like look at Cena. Like all of a sudden Cena's just started like when he comes back, he like jobs and then he's gone. And you're just like, oh wow, like it's over. Like Cena is a full time wrestler is never gonna happen again. And it just kinda just kinda happens, you know um as the match it's just really it's really interesting too because really it was the rock saying goodbye too so it's like you 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 basically it's the final encounter of the two biggest names that this business has seen maybe ever and they also helped build each other throughout headline three WrestleManias and the whole nine and it's just it was just I feel like that moment could have been way more special if the fans were really clued in on what was going on. So that's really my biggest complaint about it. But I do think that um, it was really cool and it 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 was a fun build up. Um, I remember like uh, after that RAW. When it went off the air, like Stone Cold and the Rock had like a sing along and a sing off, and then he like stuttered him multiple times and drank beers. And man, I don't know, you know, people that never been in the crowd, like when Stone Cold comes out. If you're on the floor when Stone Cold comes out, prepare to get beer thrown on you because people in the upper deck will just throw their beer. Like just it just goes crazy, right? It's just a it's just a wild atmosphere. Um so yeah, that part was really cool, but that was the Raw where like Goldust was like, eh, 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 and like Triple H was like cracking up, and Ric Flair and all that. Like that's the Raw that I was at, and like Randy Orton jumped over the rail and like, um, he interfered in one of the matches. I don't remember which one it was, and then he like left because it was in St. Louis, which was his hometown. So he was there, and I was marking out for Randy because I was a big fan of Randy back then. So that's what I remember. I remember that buildup and I remember the pay-per-view and like, I think WrestleMania 19 is really underrated. Um, But it just, I just wish as fans, we knew that that was it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, apparently that was Steve Austin's like his call to not say anything about that. I've heard Jim Ross talk about it. Yeah. Um, But as a fan, it would have been nice to know. Cause I, cause it was, it was, it was like confusing when I was watching it. Cause I, I remember watching it live inside of a U.S. play. Remember, remember those, I don't know if they're still around. Um, but yeah, they were like bowling alleys slash arcades and stuff. And they would put the, the pay-per-views on big screens. And I remember going there and watching that pay-per-view there and like just being really surprised that The Rock won. Because, like, yep. the last two times they squared off for WrestleMania, it was always – Austin was always better than The Rock. Like, you no know, at the yep. end of the day, he was always just a little bit better. And then The Rock beats him clean, and I'm like, damn, okay. Well, I don't know where this is heading. And I'm pretty sure the next night, Goldberg came out. Yep. So yep. that started off the thing with Goldberg and The Rock. And then The, next the Rock did
0: the Goldberg backlash thing, and then after that, The Rock was gone.
1: Yeah, so –
0: And I don't know if you also remember, but WrestleMania 19, Kurt was coming after, like, Kurt Kurt was main eventing against Brock after having a broken neck. So, like, health-wise, I was far more concerned about Kurt than I was Stone Cold. I had no idea what was going on with Stone Cold prior, and I didn't find out how bad off Stone Cold was until they released that Mania of WrestleMania documentary. And then you find out that, like, Austin was in the hospital and all that stuff. Like the night
1: before. yeah.
0: He took all those coffee and got all amped up and he was really super nervous because this was the last one. And it's like, man, I just just weird. And then I remember, too, I was at WrestleMania 25 and he had got inducted into the Hall of Fame. And I remember like um, he he got on like one of those like uh, the stupid what do you call dirt bike things? And he was driving up the ramp. I think. And like, I remember like waving by. And it wasn't just like a wave by, I'll see you next time. It was like, it was like almost me like waving by to my childhood. And I remember getting like almost emotional because it was just like, I knew that that was it. And it was like, well, see you later, Stone Cold. You know, thanks for everything. Like, it was, it was a weird moment, but it was cool. It was definitely cool.
1: Yeah. Yeah, man. That was, I mean, I remember all that really well i yeah it's i wouldn't it be crazy if like if they wind up doing one of those kind of um jordan style last dance things for the stone cold and someone has footage of him backstage at wrestlemania 19 like before the match like taking, yeah. like, fucking ban- or Sorry, I didn't mean to cuss on this thing. No, it's okay. But, but take, with taking, uh, like, bandages off of him, like, walking backstage, like, like, you know what I mean? Like, just getting ready to go out there one last time, probably yeah. guzz- guzzling beer and, like, snorts a line or something it just goes out there one last time like for sure i mean just that'd be that'd be wild if someone has that so ww is always rolling man the, the footage there's someone's got video of like everything so oh, for sure for imagine sure. imagine how cool would be to be able to see something like that well, get
0: it released before peacock deletes it okay so we never <laughs> see anything
1: uh, sorry if we are trying to keep this capacity. uh Trying to keep this a YouTube uh, algorithm friendly show, so I'm going to try to refrain from the cursing. That that one slipped, but
0: that's all good. Yeah, did you, did you see the um? Did you see the uh, latest casualty of uh, the Attitude Era from Peacock?
1: Latest casualty, as far as like someone who's getting their stuff edited out.
0: Yeah, like the the new foot the footage that's been edited out now.
1: Nope. What is it?
0: The DX making fun of Nation of Domination.
1: Oh. Because they miss Ark Henry and the whole thing. Yep. Okay. Black rates. Yep. Well, oh, yeah. Valid. I get it. It was definitely a comedy thing, but it was definitely a different time. But, but like, I the, get it. The thing
0: that frustrates me with that is, is like, not once did I think and look at that in any way of like a malice or anything like that. It was just yeah. he was just supposed to impersonate the Rock. Like that's all it was, you know, and like. When it comes to like blackface and stuff, like I remember in Halloween, like I loved Dion Sanders, right? And I wanted to look like Deion Sanders, mm-hmm. so I had a do rag in the whole thing. I had my jersey, and I absolutely wanted to paint my skin brown and look like Deion Sanders. I didn't do it, but like I didn't want to do it to be disrespectful. I wanted to do it because I wanted to be him. He was like, want hey, to look heroes.
1: like him? Sure.
0: And so right. it's like people just really have to understand the difference here, you know. It's it's just unfortunate.
1: Yeah, and, and like I we talked about it last week with like the Roddy Piper thing and all that. Like, I mean, my face is a big no no. Like, but 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 I'm, but I'm I'm with you though. Like, I like as because I was a kid when that happened, and like I didn't even the concept of racism didn't even like. No. That wasn't even a thought. it was like, oh, like they're trying to look like they're they're making fun of the nation of domination and they're right. doing like I wouldn't know that they were trying to be like the nation of domination if they were if they didn't do that as, and, like, and as honestly, crazy like as
0: body stuff is far more controversial because it literally is blackface like right. he's black he's not brown he's not like he is flat out half and half so i I, I understand that part, but the, the, the thing that bothers me is, is I, I I bet you they're not going to go and, and edit NYPD or Law & Order or anything else. Like, why is wrestling held at a different standard? That's the only thing that bothers me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, but, I mean, thanks for letting me know, though, about that. I, I don't – um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they cut DX, like, out of history. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. Like, yeah, all the Shawn Michaels where you'd go out there and do the whole –
0: oh yeah that's not, good not happening no way but you
1: know the fans right in their faces and do the whole I'll mean, like, what:
0: if, if they do it then i'll call them homophobic and <laughs> they get rid of it remember how much he heat, talks homophobic
1: remember how much heat brett and sean had because like brett would go out and imply that sean was gay on tv and then sean's yeah. parents would get like really really upset about it and like right. that was like I mean, times have changed a lot.
0: I well, <laughs> you know. would always talk about, like, you know, you might not agree with my lifestyle, but it's mine. You right. know, I can do what I want. And so, yeah, like, it was – it it's definitely um, – but I just – you you can't set today's standards and then go back and make them current. Like, it's just – it's nonsense. And Put a disclaimer, call it a day. Anything that's ultra, ultra offensive – Like your black faces or something like that. Okay, I get it. But let's not get where we're just deleting and editing out everything.
1: Well, I've actually thought about this after our conversation last week. What do you think about this idea? I think it's a terrible idea. But I'm just saying, like, I could see the WWE going this direction. Imagine if they just really started trying to make it seem like the WWE started when it was branded wwe and they start like like wwf never happened mm. because they can get away with that to a degree because like they yeah. stopped numbering the wrestlemania logos it's always just wrestlemania like a new fan could maybe see that and like think wrestlemania like john cena is the first real star they really had you know yeah. like there's and they could pretend like the wwf was a totally different thing that they just don't ever reference i mean because enough time has passed and like 50 years from now Things could look totally different. They could just cut that all out because WWE is a different company than WWF. Is how they could position it. I think it's terrible, but I but yeah. I could see them doing something like that.
0: those, those bastards better not. will tell you what. It'll oh, make me so mad. But, Wait, no, but it's like they, really, they,
1: they could do something like that. But it's, like if they you could, look
0: at ROH's, um, ROH's. Uh, like, Ring of Honor Club, I don't think they have, like, all the old ROHs on there, like, from 04 to whatever. I think they have just, like, a certain, like, 2012, maybe 2011, and then that's it. So, I mean, I don't think you're completely out of the realm of a possibility. It would just be a dumb move, in my opinion.
1: Totally agree. I just think that it would be a really easy cop-out for them to be like, hey, we're the WWE, and we don't stand by anything that the WWF did. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, okay. Well, I guess all the problems started or stopped uh, before then. So
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, we got another super chat here. Sean, I always appreciate it, man. Thanks for the support. Um, how would you guys grade Edge's run since his return? He wasn't dealt an easy hand with the greatest match ever, but I think he's been impressive. Um I think he just had a really bad, well, I mean, the guy debuted in January, the pandemic hit, and then, like, he got injured after, what, Backlash? Like, sort shortly after that? Yeah. And so, like, just from, like, the January was basically build up all the way till Mania after the Royal Rumble, right? And then there were no fans, and he had two matches with no fans with Randy Orton. And then he got injured and now he's back. So it's kind of hard to say. I say his promos have been on point. He's been really what he's done really well with his promos. Um, I say that um, he's definitely uh, still can hang in the ring. He's in the probably the best shape I've ever seen him in. Like, honestly, he's completely shredded. He's in fantastic shape. The man won the Royal Rumble. He went 52 minutes. I mean, Goldberg can't do that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not – when you look at Edge, you don't think, oh, man, this guy really fell off. Like, the only thing I, – I mean, this not, it's completely out of his control, but he's definitely starting to look older in the face. Um, he definitely does look older. And then there were even reports that they were saying that, like, they put Daniel Bryan in there because Edge was starting to look really old. And they were worried how long this thing could really last or or if it would be believable if he beat Roman and all that. And I was just like, okay.
1: They almost said the Goldberg versus Roman at Mania last year. Are you kidding me?
0: Yeah. Just, I think it's a reach. Um. So, yeah, overall, I think he's done well. He wrestled Jey Uso, too. He done well. Um, I'm looking forward to the match. There's nothing about Edge where I'm just like, Yo bro, you need to hang it up. You look way past your prime. This is rough whatever. Um so yeah. And and by the way, what did you think of Christian Cage um his match of Frankie?
1: I thought it was solid. It was it was what I wanted to see, you know. They both went out there had a good match. Um I agree. I don't know if Brandon Instant Classic is in here tonight, but like I've never been a big fan of the kill switch or uh, unprettier move. Yeah. Um I know he was saying that he'd like to see Christian yeah. do something different. And as long as it isn't a spear, um, I'd be fine with him having a different finishing move too. Um, but I mean that's his move. He's it's not gonna it's not gonna change, but um that all being said, I thought the match was really good. I thought it was a good introduction for Christian in the ring. He can definitely still go. Um yeah. it'll be a big asset there. Like I, it'll be interesting to see how fast they get into him versus Kenny because they're clearly heading that direction. Um, right. and I think the match will be really good. I just I'm interested to see how long it takes before we get there. And then um, as far as uh, Edge, his current run, like I haven't seen a ton of it because I just haven't watched that much WWE lately. Um, and, I did, and I rarely watch anything that has to do with SmackDown. Although I have kept up with Edge and Roman Reigns a bit. Um, I mean, he definitely looks older, but like you said, you can't really do anything about that. Um, it has been nine years or it was nine years in between when he returned and when he retired. So, I mean, basically a decade. I mean, so, I mean, he's solid, though, and it's sad to say, because we talk about this any time a former star comes back, like, he he is more well-known than, like, probably anyone else they have currently. Like, today, you know? It's it's wild that they just haven't built any stars, that you know, Edge is... He comes back, he's the biggest star they got. Like, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Um, and I've always liked Edge. I loved his run, uh, the whole rated-R superstar thing. I loved his... His TLC days with Edge and Christian, like I, I'm a lifelong fan. His match with Mick Foley is one of my favorite WrestleMania matches ever. Um, so it's good to see him back. <laughs> and if he can ke- if he can keep going at a high level, I'm fine with him sticking around for a while. We all thought Shawn Michaels was done before he came back, and he had another like seven, eight years or whatever in him. Yeah,
0: yeah, he's a. Uh, he- Man, but see to me, this is kind of like when it you really define your legacy and your importance is if you go away and you can come back and still be at that high level. Like it really raises your stakes. Like to me, if Shawn Michaels never came back, like yes, he's viewed as one of the best, what all time greats, whatever. But like when when he came back and was able to deliver consistently the way that he did. It really put him like from here to like way up here. Like, um, and I'm not saying Edge is ever going to reach that, but I do think that if there were people out there that kind of forgot about Edge, then this is a nice reminder. And I personally think Edge is the type of guy that's very motivated and will try to show that he can compete, he belongs, he can still add something to it. So um, I think it's cool. I, I just it just feels so flat because there just isn't fans. And so he's, he's really been dealt a tough deck and he doesn't get years back. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. it. So it's either he does it or he doesn't. So, um, yeah. So overall, I think it's been pretty good. I'm really looking forward to the mania match. I hope this is the best match this weekend or next weekend for mania. Um, that that is my hope because if he can pull off the 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 match of the two nights for Mania, um then then he's definitely hit something and, and he he has a bright future and you know please don't have him be wasted and wrestle guys like Baron Corbin and all that stuff. Give us our dream matches, give us all the matches that we want. I hate when companies just kind of be like, well, let's see what story we can do with. Like, these guys are here for a limited time. Like, just give us all the best stuff that we can, like, that you can. Like, if you can give us, you know, all the dream matches, like him and Kevin Owens, him and Daniel Bryan, him and, you know, whoever you want to name, maybe even have a trip down to NXT and face Adam Cole, whatever. But, like, give us those type of matches.
1: Yeah. Don't do anything like, don't make like Apollo Cruz Edge's long lost son or something. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. Please don't do that.
1: And pretty much everything you did with Kurt Angle on his return, do the exact do opposite it. with Edge.
0: Yeah, do yeah. the opposite.
1: Um, you got another, quick, super, got chat another
0: super chat here. Hector Amaya, always appreciate it, Hector. You're the man. Um, what is your favorite WWE documentary? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. I mean. I thought the undertaker, the five series that they did was fantastic. I thought, um, I thought, uh, the the Daniel Bryan WWE network one that they did, that was really, really good. Uh, the ultimate warrior ones were really, really good on the WWE network. I mean, ECW, um, the rise and fall of ECW is probably the goat if I had to say one. Um, the, the CM Punk one's really good. And then there's just certain moments of some, you know, like uh, when um, they had Stone Cold and they're playing uh, Somewhere in Texas by George Strait, it's just, it just hits home, man. It's just like, man, it's, it's over. You know, he had a heck of a run and, you know, um, yeah, and that's the same thing with Undertaker. They played the old Troubadour with George Strait and I was just like, oh, I guess hard not to get emotional because it it literally is It's like saying goodbye to your childhood.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a ton of great ones to choose from. Like the network has some really good stuff too. Like uh, I like the whole Monday Night Wars docu-series they did. Um, It was a little repetitive because they went over a lot of the same stuff every episode, but like. Well, they got chopped
0: up footage from all over places. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, exactly. Cause yeah, the stories were kind of, yeah, all over the place, depending on who they were talking about. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, there's been a ton of great ones. And then like outside the WWE, like wrestling with shadows was a classic. Yep. Um The footage the footage
0: that they have in wrestling with the shadows is is kind of mind blowing.
1: Like, yeah.
0: The, the the fact that they allowed a camera during all that stuff is just it's crazy. The timing. It's that, nuts. It's um nuts. And what Brett was going through and all that. And honestly, I could argue that that made Brett a bigger star. Because it really it really showed Brett from a different light. And it, it made, like, I just think people have more of an understanding from Brett after that documentary.
1: Dude, I have the weirdest, like, perspective, pers- perspective of Brett Hart. Because... Yes. When I got into wrestling, we've talked about it on this show a lot. I was a WCW fan from like 94 until like, like only WCW from like 94 until like 96 ish, early 97 ish. So like when I really started paying attention to the WWF, Bret Hart was like on his, it wasn't long before the screw job. So I didn't know what all this was, you know? So I wound up seeing that documentary and I remember being super pumped up that Bret was going to be in WCW because he was apparently this huge deal from the WWF, and I never really got to see him do his thing. Yeah. And then he was like not that good in WCW, so I always was like, "What?" And but I've recently gone back and rewatched a lot of Bret Hart stuff. Yeah. And he was one of the best baby faces the WWE has ever oh, by had. Far. Like. I mean, I know people know this, but, like, I had to go – I've always respected Bret Hart, but I've recently gained a whole new respect. Because I told you I've been going back and watching old stuff because yeah. I'm, like, getting pumped up for the crowds to come back. And there's such a clear difference between, like, the the like the the like kind of mid-card when Bret was on top versus yeah. when he came out with those shades and the title and the jacket and the whole deal. And, yeah. like, I mean – I, I didn't I never realized like I knew he was supposed to be this big deal, but I've re- recently I got a new respect for the guy. Like he was he was one he's probably the best babyface they had after Hulk Hogan and before John Cena. Yeah, like, pure babyface. Well,
0: and what's crazy about that too is Brett never got to face Hogan. You know what I mean? Like he never he never got the rub from like the Hogans, the Macho Man's, all that stuff. Like he he was able to just kind of do his thing and just. Elevate himself. A lot of that had to do with the Owen feud and stuff. But like, I don't know. Have you seen Canadian Stampede? It's like an in your house. It's like a five. Oh yeah, yeah. If you want to go back. hear a reaction, it's the greatest thing ever because it's he's a heel in America, but he's a hero in Canada, right? And they return to Canada. And they introduce each one of them. They each get their entrance, you know, and Austin comes out and he's just like, you know, I don't give a damn about any of you. You know, I know you hate me and I hate you. And he just walks up there, you know, and they slowly introduce, you know, each uh, member of the Heart Foundation. And by the time that Brett comes out, I mean, it is just this just
1: huge
0: pop. And he just stands there. With his troops, you know, and then he just kind of gives them the look and then they just all head to the ring and the place is going nuts. And like that, that is like a crowd reaction. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: for sure. I, I'm going to watch that right after this because I know exactly what you're talking about, but I haven't. It's been a long time. It's so,
0: fantastic. It's yeah. fantastic. And like, um also, I think Brett's like one of the best punchers ever in wrestling like his Good stuff was real. He never really hurt anybody. Like Brett is such a technical um he really knew how to wrestle, how to work a crowd, how to work. Like he Brett Brett's amazing. The problem with Brett though is he is his biggest fan by a long shot and he will he will talk how great he was more than his peers will, more than the fans will. And it gets really old. But Brett as a as an actual wrestler, I mean, he's amazing. He was he was one of the best. And that's what made him and Sean so interesting because it's two different styles. But Sean was I believe Sean was younger, and Sean was um, he just had such a I don't know, I guess because he was he was better on the mic, he had more charisma. It, it was just like you knew that the company was going with Sean, and Brett knew it too, but he didn't want to lose his spot. And right. so it was – and Sean was disrespectful about taking his spot, and that's what caused so much tension, and it was just so real. Like that That was a very uh, fun time in wrestling, and I – I never really understood the screw job too much. And I was more just like, cool, Bret Hart's coming to WCW. That's awesome, you know? And then, I mean, the way they use Bret Hart, it, it's just laughable. It's just, it's just laughable. It's, it's, it's insane to me that they, you know, because Vince told him they won't know how to use you. And God, was he right? Like, yeah. They had no idea.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I mean, and part of my kind of skewed vision of Brett was that like Shawn Michaels was the reason that I started watching WWF. Like the only reason I started turning like from WCW to WWF and like going back and forth on Mondays yeah. was because I started becoming a huge Shawn Michaels fan. So I was always, so Bret Hart was kind of the enemy when I started really getting into WWE yeah. and and the styles were so different. I thought Brett was boring and I thought Shawn was like the best thing I'd ever seen. So but when I go back and rewatch old stuff now, and, like, I can, like, really appreciate how, like, Brett was so, like, he was so much better than, like, everybody else in the ring, like, by so yep. far. But, yep. like, I didn't realize it at the time. But when I go back now, I'm like, oh, my God, he did this, 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 and this. And it's, like, I, I, it's, he's, yeah. Yeah. And and then another documentary I'll just throw out there too. Another non WWE one is and another one everyone's seen. Beyond the Mat. I've always really liked that one. Yeah. Um. With uh Terry Funk trying to retire for the hundredth time, and of course he yeah. doesn't. But it's a really good story. He's got a puke. Yeah, he's got <laughs> yeah. And then uh Dennis Stamps is all butt hurt that he can't be on the show, and yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah, he gets the referee the main yeah. event? Uh,
0: a good one also the the footage they have after mick foley gets his head bashed in by a chair over and over and over again that's that's wild too
1: they got the footage of dewey and noel as kids yep. like trying i mean that was that was yeah that was
0: like, tough. telling him he's okay while he's getting his whole head you know stitched up it's all gashed out yeah
1: yeah For good sure. documentary you're, you're very good documentary though
0: another another super chat uh Kogan, our, our our guy, I really appreciate it. Um random question if Rick Flair had stayed in WWF from 93 and beyond, do you think he could have contributed well to the company? Um Yeah, it's just would they would they want him to contribute? You know what I mean? Like I feel like I feel like Ric Flair's run to me, like what I remember of it, like He won the Royal Rumble. He feuded with Macho Man. Other than that, I don't really remember. I remember the night, I think it was primetime wrestling. And I remember the night that Ric Flair came to the WWF. And like Bobby Heenan sold this thing like God is coming to the earth. And like I had no idea who Ric Flair was, no clue, because I didn't watch WCW. And Bobby Heenan just made it out like this guy is like the greatest thing in the world. He's coming. He wanted to make sure the floors were clean. He wanted to make sure that like he had a a escort to come to the stair. Like he wanted to make sure that Rick was happy. And when I saw him, immediately I thought like, wow, this guy's old. Like, because he had like white hair. And I just didn't think... Much of him, honestly, but what won me over was his Royal Rumble. I could tell that, like, he was like kind of a he was a heel. He was a weasel, but like he found a way to win. He was in there forever, and then the whole Macho Man uh, Elizabeth photo thing uh, on the network right now. They have a show called Timeline, and it actually has all the buildup to that uh, WrestleMania, and it was it was really good. Um, I think it's crazy that they never did Hogan and um and, and Ric Flair uh, on a on a big pay per view, at least a SummerSlam or something. They was supposed to
1: be that WrestleMania. It was supposed to be that WrestleMania, right? But they did yeah, Sid, yeah. And, Sid and Sid Hogan instead and, Ho- right. and Savage and uh Flair.
0: They even have a promotional picture of Hogan and Flair. Like it was gonna happen. And for whatever reason, it didn't happen.
1: It happened in WCW.
0: Yeah, uh, for sure it did. And so this is what I found interesting, by the way. So Hogan did an interview with Corey Graves uh, yesterday, I think it was. And he said that he wanted to turn heel after WrestleMania six. Now, I take what Hogan says with a grain of salt, because I've never heard this before, and I feel like if that was the case, he would have said this a long time ago. But he said he wanted to turn heel after losing to Ultimate Warrior at WrestleMania six. He wanted to go in there. And, like, while he was leaving to come back and destroy Warrior while he was celebrating and turn heel. And I thought to myself, like, I don't know if that would have been the best idea, but that might have killed WCW right then and there. Because if we had already seen Hogan as a bad guy, I don't know how well the NWO gets over. Like, do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. I It's interesting to think. Um, because yeah, cause Hogan winds up leaving and doing like the TV and whatnot, and then going to WCW and all that. I mean, I, I don't know, man, like the, the, everything with Hogan is just so funny when you like go back and look at it when like all these different opportunities, like the Yokozuna and Brett thing, or like there's a lot like, of weird
0: finishes. I'll tell you that the sting, but then, but then also like, uh, Ric Flair dropped the belt to Brett Hart and you could only watch it like on Coliseum video. Like it wasn't even on a pay-per-view. It wasn't even like a big thing. And then like Ric Flair was out. So like they just did a lot of stuff back then that they really guarded their spot and they didn't want to look bad and it was it was just a different time they weren't about being a team player or any of that stuff they were really watching out for themselves and I think that's the biggest thing that's that's changed in wrestling is the competitive nature the cutthroat business like attitude is gone a lot of these guys are very much just, like, happy for their people and happy to, to get guys over and, and much more respectful and friendly. And I think that's great in a certain sense. It's great as a human being and, and all of that, but as a professional wrestling business, I don't know if that's the best mind frame to have because, yes, Stone Cold and The Rock were close as it went on. But like those guys were competitive. They wanted the top spot. Triple H won the top spot. You know. And they're like there's even stuff like Triple H made sure that like. The Rock would not be able to face certain guys when he was coming up. Or he would have a bad referee. Or like he tried to make sure things weren't going to happen for the Rock. Because he could feel the Rock gaining ground. And he didn't want to go head to head with him. And then when they did. It was like oh, okay, so now we're going to fight for the top spot, and it brought the best out of both of them. I don't know if we get that in pro wrestling anymore.
1: No. Well, I mean, and they're all – I mean, a lot of these guys and girls and stuff are, like, friends with each other now. Like, they came up, like, through the indies together. And before it was, like, finding, like, bodybuilders and athletes and stuff. Like, that all came from, like, all over the place, and they were all trying to be the top star – and now it's like you and your buddy and your buddy and your buddy and your other buddy all work the indies for five years, six years, ten years together, and like you're happy when they succeed, and you don't want to step on their career, they don't want to step in your career, and yep. um, which I think is a good thing overall. But I mean, it does take out a lot of the competitive aspect of what made, I mean but and then like the flair thing that you were talking about with him looking old I totally agree with that because even when I was watching him in wCW in like the mid 90s I was like this he felt like he felt like the old guy then like I always thought that Ric flair was like the most overrated wrestler until I saw him like basically in wwe like at yeah. the end yeah. and then you know and i and I had gone back and watched VhS tapes of like him in wCW like late 80s, early 90s, and, like, understood why he was supposed to be such a big deal. But I didn't actually get to see him do that until, like, his late WWE run, like, as far as, like, live. Yep. Um, So he's had an interesting career for me because most of what would have made me a fan of him all happened before I was watching wrestling. I was too young to, to yeah, really what, appreciate it.
0: What made me really appreciate him was – um uh, the when they released the Ric Flair DVD and it was like um, because back then there was no WCW footage there was no network so the only WCW footage you could get is when they were releasing on a DVD and so then they, they released on DVD and they had the Ricky Steamboat matches and they had all these promos and all this stuff and like Triple H would constantly talk about how great he was, Shawn Michaels would talk about how great he was and it was like And then even The Rock. And it was like, man, like, if these guys are saying how great Ric Flair is, like, what am I missing, you know? And I went back and I watched and I was just like, oh, my God, like, Ric Flair is the man. And uh, he wrestled Triple H that one night and, like, they helped build his confidence. Because that's the thing, too, is, like, when I was really getting introduced to Ric Flair, he was going through, like, a midlife crisis, you know, like... He was losing the spot. Eric Bischoff and him didn't get along. He, like, cut his hair. Like, he didn't know where he fit in. Like, he was – the horseman sucked. And, like, the NWO was cool. And, he like, was, like,
1: stripping down and dropping knees on his jacket oh, and stuff. A, it
0: was the funniest thing in the world. <laughs> but, like, he, you never took him that seriously, you know?
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, for, for me, it was, like, all I knew about Rick Flay when I was watching WCW is, like, because to me, the four horsemen was him, Benoit, Malenko, McMichael. You know what I'm saying? Like, that like was Arnie my Anderson. four horsemen. The yeah, Arnie Arnie Anderson.
0: Anderson. And that was it, yeah.
1: And, but it was like. I didn't know about like this whole lineage of all these other horsemen for all these years. Well, like, so JJ like,
0: Dillon's like WCW commissioner. And I had no idea that he was like their head manager.
1: You know, Same. I, I only knew him as the commissioner of WCW. I had no idea about the rest of it. Yeah, like, when funny, say that yeah. I was a
0: WWE WWF fan. That's what I was like. I did not watch WCW at all.
1: So I loved WCW. Yeah. Loved I did.
0: It. I, I, like I said, I, I did. I definitely like. I I made the switch because of Hogan and right. Mario, Man, and that was in ninety six, ninety seven when I started really watching. And then I watched it more than WWF by far. So I mean, I was a WCW fan after that, but right that like I wasn't watching Dungeon of Doom and all that crazy nonsense that they had. Like I remember, I swear I remember because Bill would watch a little bit of WCW. And I remember when the ringmaster debuted and Bill was like, dude, that's stunning Steve Austin. And I was like, Who's that? Like, is he good? It's like, oh yeah, he's amazing. He's the man, you know? I'm like, okay, cool.
1: That's hilarious.
0: And so, like, it's 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 crazy uh what what Stone Cold become. And that that always still really like blows me away, like when you see him with the Hollywood blondes, and like you're watching him and you're like this guy became the biggest star in pro wrestling. Like, it, it, and it makes you feel like you can never sell anybody short. You have no idea what these people could like. Like look at Becky Lynch, right? Like when she was like, uh, coming out in her little Irish get up and like, I thought she was the worst. Like I did. Like everyone would say, she's good in the ring and all that, and I'm like, she is terrible. I don't like her. Like compared to Sasha and Bailey and Charlotte, like she is a way under them, right? But man, when she came up with that man gimmick and all, I was like, I've never seen a female wrestler this over ever. Like, like I remember she came down to a do a, a autograph signing at a cricket store in Houston. And we were like, yeah, let's, you know, we'll 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 try to hit her up in the morning and see. And it was like midnight, and this is like when the man was really big, you know. It was like midnight, and there were already like three hundred people in line at midnight, and they slept outside to meet her. And I was just like, yeah, she's really over.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, this the the Austin stuff didn't really like. Like his EC, I, I recently went back and watched some of this stuff too. Like his ECW run in like, yeah. I mean, that that's, that's stone cold. cold. Like that's stone cold. Yeah. Straight up. Like that yep. is that gimmick. And it's funny because i watched something. He he was him. He climbed a ladder and he was on top of the ladder. And I think Mikey Whipwreck and Sandman were in the ring. I know for sure Sandman was. And I'm just sitting here thinking like he's standing on top of that ladder just stealing that whole thing like oh yeah i've been watching this guy drinking beers out in the crowd like i'm taking that like that's that's a great idea um but uh but yeah you you can never really know i i felt the same about becky i felt the same about quite a few people like before they really kind of found their
0: i mean even like triple h right when he was hunter hearst helmsley yeah. Even Shawn Michaels when he was a rocker, like I, I was around for that time. I remember all that, the Marty Janetti thing, the whole nine. Like I, I remember even when he started to show heel tendencies and you know started posing, and like you could just tell that him and Marty were on the same page. And it's so funny now that you know what Marty really is like, because Marty was just like your typical baby face. Hey man, this isn't right. We got to do the right thing and all this stuff. And this guy's like you know, tweeting about killing somebody and stuff. It's just it's wild um, how how the it didn't reflect at all the real life story of those guys. And uh, I would have never in a million years thought that the, the cool blonde guy from the Rockers was going to become like the greatest in-ring performer of all time. So it's really hard to just say like, you know, guys suck or whatever, like you know, Warhorse sucks. Joey Dinella sucks. But th- there's, there's definitely no. I disagree. I just, you know, move on from
1: Warhorse rules ass. No, whatever. No, not at War. all. How about, how about Danhausen? You like Danhausen? I'm
0: not. A f- I have never seen him wrestle, but like his gimmick to me
1: looks lame. His gimmick. He is hilarious. Yeah. You need you need to watch his review he just did at Toy Vomit. He just did a walkthrough at Toy Vomit. I saw Vomit.
0: that he posted that. I, I'm not a fan of his, so I didn't watch it. But if you, like, insist, I'll Dude, watch it.
1: You've got to go into it with an open mind and know he's, like, this is a gimmick that you're that that is different than anything you've ever seen. But once you get what he's doing like i what i what feel is like you he is, well, he,
0: is he, he trying to be darby is he no, trying to be a clown it's a,
1: it's a comedy thing but it's oh, but it's like this it's man. it's very the way he can stay in character and the stuff that he says off the top of his head like he has to think so fast to stay in character and say the stuff and do the stuff that he does like i feel like even if you think it's a stupid gimmick you have to respect the commitment to it um and he's very into collecting, like he does unboxings for action figures and stuff, all in character. I mean, he's like right up your alley as far as like the stuff he's into. He collects all the Marvel figures and everything. Okay. Um okay. but he stays in character and Warhorse is his tag team partner out of the Indies. So yeah. Mm. Um yeah. Love it. Okay. So Doug can have his opinions of his people and I can have my opinions of my people. Yeah, absolutely. Those yep. are my guys. Shout out Warhor. Shout out Danhausen.
0: You you like that? You like the indie rific stuff? I, I do. Shout out that. Joe
1: Janella. Shout out Marco Stunt. Those are my guys. Oh, man.
0: God, you would. How dare you?
1: Love those guys.
0: Oh, they're great for indies. They don't need to be on A-W.
1: Great for AEW. They are AEW's. <laughs> it's a super indie man. They're a super indie that's doing better super indies than NXT, which is a super indie to counter the indies. Yeah, it's it's wild. <laughs> But um I get it. I get people have their opinions. I get it. It's no big deal. Um but I uh with Kogan just send another super chat right as I was about to say something. What's this one say? Okay. Unless you want to keep talking about how you don't like Joe Janella, but I mean,
0: well, you know, we're talking about favorite <laughs> promos, so he's not going to be involved.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, before I have to head out, what are your favorite promos of all time? My personal favorite is Kane Dewey. Yeah, that's it's a great one. Um
1: why can I not what is that?
0: That's McFoley. That's McFoley and ECW. Oh,
1: oh gotcha. gotcha. Yeah.
0: Um oof. so hard.
1: I mean my favorite I guess you can you consider it a promo Jericho's debut in WWF. When he came out and interrupted the rock and just went back and forth with them
0: yeah man give me a second take over for a second Steve let me yeah see you're that.
1: good I'll try to think of some other ones um I would say what other great promos do I really really like I mean I everyone's not always gonna bring up the Austin 316 king of the ring one yeah. Um, see a lot a of. Pipe
0: Bomb one's always good.
1: Pipe Bomb, of course. Um, Bob Dawson says Joe Janela is trash. How dare you, Bob Dawson? Um, <laughs> we got. Uh, you ain't
0: wrong.
1: We got. Uh, let's see. I mean, Hogan cut a lot of great promos. Like, Carlos kind oh, of yeah. regardless. The NWO one is, what, is a classic when he went bad and the fans were throwing trash at him.
0: Yeah. I think Jericho and Shawn Michaels had some really great stuff. The um, One of my favorite segments was uh, It Was You, Hunter, with Shawn Michaels and Triple H, and they have that video surveillance, and they, you know. Yeah,
1: it went from, like, um, pixelated up into, like, yeah. high def of his face, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I really also like the sit-down between The Rock and Stone Cold going into WrestleMania 17. That was JR. The good one. Um,
1: And JR's JR's talked about how that was completely uns- like There wasn't any writing for that. It was just the three of them in a room. They all knew each other, and it was completely unscripted. It was one of the best sit-down promos ever in wrestling.
0: Yeah, you know, one that is just like you would never ever hear come out of my mouth in a million years, but I think it's really great is um, the Miz and Daniel Bryan talking smack.
1: Oh, sure, yeah, that was really
0: good. Oh man, like when he when he calls him soft, like he just goes nuts. Seemed real. Yeah, i I enjoy somewhat realistic promos um, when people really feel something Cody had some dang good promos when he first when AEW was first coming out like he had some killer stuff.
1: And that was another thing we didn't talk about from Dynamite, but they're doing the whole split up for Nightmare fa- family and all that. Because so. you know
0: we need more factions. I don't oh care. My God. I don't
1: care. you doesn't bother Steven. me.
0: Steven, listen. Listen. Let, let's have let's have this conversation. Um NXT we'll we'll have to revisit but These ratings are a little bit concerning at this point. Like we we were at 700,000 for four four weeks straight now. And Mm -hmm. they were riding much higher going into that pay-per-view. So I think at this point, it's showing that they lost fans after that pay-per-view.
1: What, are, but what are you actually concerned about? Like, are, do you think that it's going to get so bad that they're going to get taken off TV sometime soon? Or, no, I, like, I
0: wouldn't say that. And I mean, but here's my thing like, okay, realistically, what kind of rating are you expecting now that NXT is gone?
1: Personally speaking, don't care as long as it's still on television. But if but I was, that's
0: it, the thing though, is they've got to pull something to still be on television,
1: sure. But I think with NXT going away. I I mean I think the number everyone's going to say is a million. Everyone wants to see a consistent at least a million. Um, Yeah, which I mean I think is definitely doable. I think think that the I think
0: what if it doesn't happen?
1: Then it doesn't happen. I mean I don't like once again like I don't think they're in any kind of position. It's the company that's been around for one year. Like I don't think that TNT is going to just like pull the plug if they're not getting them a million viewers every Wednesday. If they're still in the eight hundred thousands, whatever, like. I don't think that they're going to see that as like this giant red flag for a company that's been around for one year and was barely established before the entire world shut down. Like
0: technically we're almost at two years now.
1: Yeah. But I mean, they were like really building momentum and then like no one could go to the shows anymore. And like they had to, I mean, do do
0: you think though that the, because how scattered they are, they're losing focus on actual buildup and feuds. Like, Some of this stuff, they're trying to put so many people on TV that you're looking at – you you need to focus on just certain things, right? In my opinion, okay, if you have factions, right? Inner Circle, Pinnacle, those should be your key factions. Those should be the ones that are on TV every week. That should be the buildup for the key stuff. Nightmare Family and Matt Hardy's group and Dark Order and – Pentagon's little group and Kenny's group and like it's just a lot and I feel like if you are a new fan and you're watching this stuff it just needs to slow down a bit man like there's just so much going on all the time and I think it's hurting because you're not gonna get an Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly type build-up video package in AEW right now you're getting some arcade matches and you're getting triple quadruple threats and six man ladders and and like it's cool and all but like their best stuff could just be slowed down and good build up focus based stuff because that's what they were at first they were not this crazy scattered mess that they have now that's what concerns me
1: yeah I get the concern I see people on Twitter that that Say that stuff all the time, but I also, it just doesn't, it just, it just doesn't concern me. Like they do, they do a pay per view what once every three or four months.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I don't, that,
0: that also is a thing too that I think that they need to have more of those big dynamite focuses because it, it, it focuses in on feuds because if they don't have that, this thing just gets out of whack and Tony Khan just gets all his figures out and just starts being like, I want this match and this match and this match and this match, and there's not a lot of meaning behind some of this stuff and it just gets off the rails.
1: Well, but I I would disagree that, that there's – so the way I look at it is this. We have – you look at like the WWE, for instance. You turn on Raw on Monday, you see either a match you've seen a thousand times, or you see a match that has literally no stakes whatsoever. The matches usually aren't very good. Yeah, back when the WWE was great, back in like the late 90s, or early 2000s, everybody had a story, whether it was Valvinas versus D.L. Brown in the first match of the night, or Stone Cold versus The Rock in the main event, anything in between. There was always some sort of story, everything it felt like everything mattered. Yeah, And that's something I think that AEW is able to do with having everybody involved in something because otherwise you're just watching a whole bunch of what you would see on like raw, just a bunch of people that you don't really care if they're winning or losing. They're just ha- out there having matches. At least if I were to see like Lee Johnson versus like uh, 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 the, the dude who wrestled Moxley, I can't remember his name. The big dude uh, looks kind of like Rusev. Um, last name starts oh. to see. Yeah, anyway, yeah, if, if the two of them wrestled on Dynamite next week and there wasn't any of the stuff that I just saw, I wouldn't care nearly as much as I'm going to if I see them wrestle each other now. And yeah. those are two like low level guys in a stable. Like they're not even like the leaders of these groups. So, and same kind of thing like Laredo kid, he'd have nothing. He wouldn't have a spot right now in AW at all if he wasn't doing stuff with the Lucha brothers. So, right. like to have them as a team, I think it benefits everybody. So, like, and once again, we're talking about us really only talking about dynamite. Like we're ignoring all the matches and stories that they're trying to develop on dark and dark elevation, which is a lot to consume.
0: I'm ignoring it because I don't watch it. Like that's the thing is like, all I can judge it on is dynamite. And that's, but that's my thing is like, okay. So if you had, if I, if I'm a fan and I'm watching, right. Mm -hmm. New fan. Cool, this Kenny and Moxley thing is cool. Like, I watched this. It's it's just single buildup. Kenny, Moxley, done, right? But now we have Kenny and the Good Brothers, and we had, you know, and then it's like the Bucks are now going to be feuding with Kenny, with Moxley, but we thought we were done with Moxley because Moxley was with Eddie Kingston. And then we have the Lucha Bros and Kenny was upset with the Bucks, but he got attacked by the Lucha Bros, and it's yeah. just a lot. It's yeah, a and, there, lot there, going
1: on. and there's been some confusion where, like, Pentagon was, like, a heel three weeks ago, and right. the next week, he's a big... Ba- like, I mean, there it isn't perfect, but, no. but, but like, I like the fact... But
0: I like fact- think, Stephen, and I'm not trying to, like, just blast it, but these ratings are not... They're They're kind of reflective of what's going on, in my opinion. Like, if if you know that it's just going to be this scattered mess, you're not going to be invested in these stories and these characters that they've built. And I I just feel like there's just too much going on. They just need to simplify it a little bit more for people. Um, but I I'm not saying like oh, you know, they're trash and they're terrible. Like I enjoy their show, I do, but I don't want to see. I don't want them to have a good show. And then, like, they're not getting good ratings. And I hate these corporations. That's the, At the end of the day, as long as they have good ratings, you can't say anything about them. But if they start having bad ratings, these corporations are like, do we really need wrestling? And that's, that's what concerns me.
1: Sure. But I also think that a network could easily look at something like Dynamite and be like, it's been around for one year and it's getting a... 700, 800,000, maybe that goes up whenever NXT switches. And they're also looking at raw going, they've been around for 20 years, 25 years, whatever. They're pulling a 1.5. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, that's, I don't see anything wrong with them pulling 700, 800,000 viewers right now on Wednesdays. If, if, if all the fans come back and the ratings never increase, and like the next year goes by and it's the same audience then maybe you're like, maybe we need to figure some things out and really like grow the audience. But for this, Like, we would be – the situation that AEW is currently in, this is what we have been begging for, for what feels like decades. Like, this is an actual alternative to the WWE. So, like, they're doing some things that, you know, may or may not be the best, but they're figuring it out. And, you know, it's just just one of those things where, like, would you rather – and this is, like, a legitimate question. Like, would you rather – all this stuff be going on or they cut like half the roster and they just focus specifically on like half the people that we're talking about. Cause you also have to keep in mind that you have like Ethan page and Scorpio sky, they have something going on, but it's being developed on dark elevation, but they're being used. And that doesn't mean they're not going to be used as like main stars of dynamite, but like they're just getting their start on elevation. So like there is all these other stuff going on that I think is going to contribute. And, 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 and once again, when we're spending our real money on pay-per-view then i'm concerned like if i if i pay 50 bucks to watch a aw pay-per-view and i feel like i've been ripped off then i have a problem but if i'm tuning in on wednesdays and like my biggest concern is that there's there's too many people that are getting airtime but i still like the stories like i'm okay with that
0: yeah um you asked me a question. I personally, I would like to release like half the roster. And, folks, I folks, folks say, well, and I figured you might say, and and
1: there, you know, and there's no like wrong answer there. I, I'm like, le- legitimately legitimate question. So you would prefer if they had less people and they just focus more on like a smaller group. Yes. Okay. And just because.
0: And, and and it's nothing against the people that would get released, but like they would do so much good for AEW. They would earn I me mean, for for impact for ROH. For, for New Japan, for Indies, like the whole nine. And I, I just feel like that, that if you're going to be on TV and you're going to compete, you need to have the best guys there and you need to be able to focus and create good storylines. I mean, like to me, I don't want Adam Page and Kenny Omega when it finally happens to have – 80 different people involved in that storyline. It needs to come down to Kenny and, and Adam. You know, like what was dope about Kenny and Jericho for Double or Nothing is Kenny was out in the freaking mountains, uh, training and Jericho was training and like yeah. it was just focused on them. And it wasn't Don Callis, the good brothers, whoever else wants to show up, and versus these guys, whoever else wants to be involved, like. I just want it to be more singular Cody and Dustin Rhodes. It was just Cody and Dustin. Like that was it. Like that, that's the type of stuff that I'm concerned about. If QT Marshall is going to turn on Cody Rhodes, I don't think he necessarily needs five other people with him. Do you know what I mean? And And that's, I just feel like it's literally like Tony's just like okay, we got to work you in TV. Where can we put you? Okay, you're with Matt's group. You're with Cody's group. You're with his group. You know,
1: sure. And and I do think like I don't like Matt Hardy's group, for instance. All like all well, like, it,
0: it doesn't make any sense to have private party and then butcher in the blade. Like, right. what is your best interest? You already have a tag team, and like. He could have totally done some more entertaining stuff with Private Party. Like he could have been like, you know what, you guys, you, you need to change your look. And he made them come out and look like the Hardy's. Or, you know, something fun like that. Or there was a lot more that they could have done. And instead, they're like, I've got new clients. I've got the Butcher and the Blade. And if Nyla Rose joins that and and the bunny, and like you're now talking six, seven different people a part of that group, you know? Yeah.
1: And and I'm I'm with you on that one for sure. Like that's that's a group, and I think. I, but and to be fair, with
0: Dark Order, like yes, is fine. They need a leader. They absolutely need a leader. And and they and in my opinion, they need to trim it down. And then with the best friends now, like Chris Statlander's involved now. Like so we have. And, and personally, I think it'd be funny if like Orange Cassidy and her were kind of a thing, and like you kind of hit on her and stuff, like just to see Orange Cassidy, like. Make moves on her. I just think that, it'd be funny.
1: That is, when well, that is a thing, between right? Them, yeah. So, so,
0: so that's what I'm saying. Like, I just think that they you're 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 interrupting having some good content because you're trying to throw so much in at once. That's that's my biggest concern.
1: Sure, yeah, and I get I that. It
0: also takes away from other factions, right? Like, could you imagine Evolution and their run and all that if there were like eight other factions on the same show, like? It's just kinda of like pick your favorite faction. But if there's just like only a couple, those are the main key focuses. I mean, when you first see AEW, it was inner circle. That was it. Like that was the that was the group. That was their NWO, you know? And and now, man, like, good God. it's just so much going on.
1: Yeah. I totally get where you're coming from. I it just doesn't it just doesn't bother me as a fan. Like for, for me at all, you're but. still enjoying
0: the show and you're not worried about it. And, and 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 I get it. Like it doesn't affect you as a as a viewer. It doesn't make you not want to watch. I'm not there either. Like I, I still want to watch the show. It's but I guess I would say like if I was trying to convince somebody a WWE fan to watch this show and and I'm seeing certain stuff, I'm thinking to myself like, damn it. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Like that's unnecessary. You don't need to do that. Just focus on this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so, and and, and honestly, I, at the end of the day, I think they over promised and under delivered with Christian cage announcement. It was clear as day who it was in my opinion, not clear as day, but I mean, if you really put two and two together, you could have figured it out. And, I really think that the dud finish really hurt them. I'm not saying they can't get fans back, not fans back, but just interest back and buzz back. They absolutely can because at the end of the day, they do put out a good product. And if they come up with good views that people want to see, no matter what you thought of the finish or whatever, I definitely think also by having the pay-per-view, only four pay-per-views a year, they're kind of can't miss. So, like, you're going to hear people buzzing about it. You're going to hear people excited about it. And so, like, at the end of the day, you can be like, oh, you know, AEW is trash. I'm not watching that again. And then people are like, dude, but this one's going to be good. you got to watch this one. You know what I mean? So I feel like that they'll have that, too. So I'm not like, you know, hit the panic button. And I'm not like this is some Vince russo s garbage. I'm not, I'm not there or anything. But I, it's just certain stuff that I've noticed that's like, guys kind of slow this down, clean this up. It doesn't have to be this many people. I mean, like I said, I remember watching one dynamite just a couple weeks ago. And I swear I saw like 55 different people. It's just, it's a lot.
1: Yeah, I get that. And I know you're not alone with that. I see the complaints online about that kind of stuff. So yeah. Yeah. I get, I get where you're coming from. Okay.
0: So we, we've, we've, Cross the AEW ratings thing. In my opinion, if they want to build back their ratings, they need to focus on core storylines and core matches that advance these storylines and make sure that these matches deliver weekly. That would be my thing. I mean, just like the Matt Seidel and Kenny Omega thing, if that thing was actually built up and they even had the main event. And Matt Seidel really took it to Kenny. I think that that would be talked about in a completely different way than just kind of a throwaway opener that Kenny barely kicked out at three against Matt Seidel. You know what I mean? So. It's yeah. no,
1: like Yeah. I mean, I, but, uh, but like once again, that match was really good though. No, so it's it like, was. you know, it just kind of depends on how you look at it. You know, like I, but I, I get it. I have the same. We talked about that last week. As long as we're not doing that with Kenny often, like, it yep. a like a one-time type thing where he went really close with Sidell, but like he goes out there and that, you know. But- All right, guys,
0: in the chat, um, tell me what you guys want to see. What what would you like to change in AEW? What are you guys not feeling? What do you guys love about AEW? Uh, post your comments, and the best ones I'll post on screen. We got to get through this NXT card, though, because otherwise – I promoted that we could pre, uh, review it and preview it, and we haven't even gone through half of it.
1: All right, we had uh Walter and Champa for the NXT UK title was the next one.
0: Okay, uh, and that's a weird matchup. I don't see Champa winning that at all. Um, he looks really weird with hair, by the way. He looks really, he looks way older. Yeah, uh, but it should be a good match. I mean, Champa's damn good, and Walter's damn good. I don't see why it wouldn't be good.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think it'll be a good match. And it's strange because like, yes, yeah, the this one right here. AEW needs to understand that less is more. Sure, I, I once again, like I, I get the point of view. I just don't agree with it. Um, like I think it's a good show, and I like that there's people involved.
0: Don't quit watching this, okay? Like, don't quit watching AEW because of this. Trust me, like we still <laughs> love AEW. It's Especially I, if you, I'm praising
1: there.
0: this. <laughs> <Right>. Especially <laughs> if you've been there live, like with a full crowd, like AEW is. It, it feels like the Attitude Era almost, like it really does. You have that same type of sense.
1: Well, and also during the Attitude Era, like there was a lot of stables then. Like you had DX and you had Nation Domination and Los Barriquas and all this stuff. Um, but uh, Andrade. Yeah, I agree. We talked about that last week. I think God would be great anywhere. Um, I
0: totally agree with this one
1: here. Quality over quantity. Big time. Sure. But once again, like, if at the end of the day, okay, so we're watching a, uh, we'll call it a free show, right? It's on cable. Like, it's, you know, we'll call it free. So we're watching a free show on Wednesdays that's giving us Good matches and good storylines, <laughs> yeah. and the pay per view delivers. As long as the pay per views are like, I don't, I don't, I just don't care. Like, as but, I mean, as at the end of
0: that, the day, like, I thought the pay per view was dang good, but there's no way that you didn't leave disappointed after
1: that finish. Well, if there was a dud explosion, uh, like, that saying. had nothing to do with the if, wrestling. If, if
0: they did just cut that match after one, two, three, the thing is a nine out of 10, and you go home happy, and you're just like, yes. But, you see that and you're like, oh my
1: god! Totally um, agree. And it sounded like people were pissed. Yes, like it sounded like that's not gonna happen again.
0: Well, can like, you imagine if you bought that that Kenny Omega Moxley white uh, barbed wire deathmatch match T-shirt that he was wearing? Like, I bet all those people that went to that show bought that shirt. Super hype. Like, yeah. And then you, ha- there's no way you're wearing that shirt again. There's just no way. Like, it's like this, this. I don't want to remember this match. It, it just, it. It was a dud. And I, and personally, I don't think Tony Khan handled it that well at the press conference either. I, I I just think that, you know, he's just like, well, we now know that Kenny can't build a bomb and all this. Like, you just need to be yeah. open about it. Like, he tried multiple times. It worked, and then it didn't work. Like, um, yeah, it was just a bad, bad look. But it's nothing that's going to be the nail in their coffin or anything like that. This is just something that – You know, it didn't work. I do think they lost fans for it. I do think they took a hit on ratings because of it. But they absolutely can bounce back. And and another thing, too, at the end of the day, dude, if UFC runs that show in Jacksonville, they sold it out in six minutes in an indoor arena, it's time for an outdoor arena to be full. It just is. Like, we're at that point now where they could easily do it. And by May, the end of May, for double or nothing, they could pull that off.
1: Yeah, I'd love to see it. There's a comment in here by Sean Byrne, I believe, says dynamite should not, or you can pile it on the screen. It says dynamite should, yeah, there it is. Uh, okay, Sean, I appreciate you being in the chat, bro. I really do. But how do you, how can you say that? <laughs> like, because I, I'd be curious to. I mean, yeah, you, I could be wrong, but like. You know, were you watching Darby Allin and MJF and Sammy Guevara and Jungle Boy and a lot of these people like pre-AEW? I was because I follow the indies and you might as well. But like, how do you, how are you going to discover new stars and new talent that you didn't know about? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's kind of a weird thing to say. Like, like Tony Khan should put on people that he knows I want to watch. Okay. Does that mean Moxley, Jericho, uh anyone who came from the FTR, like is that who he knows you want to watch? Because he assumes you knew them from the WWE. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, how are you so gonna I become a fan mean. of how are you gonna become a fan of new wrestlers if he's only putting on people that he thinks you would know? Um, I suppose what I mean by that is I prefer a Scorpio Sky match over you know what, Sean, fully agree there. I think Scorpio Sky is much better than Caesar Bernoni. I yeah. totally agree. So like if that if you're talking about that, I'm with that. Like yeah, I'd rather see. I s-
0: do think though they've kind of been doing that. They've been taking these random people from dark and just throwing them on dynamite against big names, and I, I just don't think that that's the answer. Like let those guys keep developing, and and let's see what happens. Plus the first time I ever saw that guy was at that tag match at the pay per view. Like I've never heard of him before or anything.
1: But you you know, was you're not along with them like. Please,
0: like Crap all over him. And then I saw his story with his wife on Twitter and I'm just like, okay, I'm sorry. Like I'm a human, you know, she's but- got cancer and all this. I mean, it's, it's awful what he's going through.
1: But to be fair, though the Cesar Bernoni comparison, would you rather see Caesar Bernoni in that spot because he jobs, like he doesn't go out there and win? Would you ra- would you really rather see that B Scorpio Sky, though? Would you rather have Scorpio Sky out there losing, or rather would you rather him on, him on Dark Elevation a few weeks winning, and then when you see him on Dynamite again, he's a winner, not like Cesar Bernoni and losing every week.
0: How do, you, how do you like this one?
1: That's a tough one. I mean, I I get I've seen a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, we also got. This
0: is the difference. This is the difference, right? UFC is like <laughs> TNA was never drawing crowds like this. Like, and that's the thing is so unfortunate when they when the with the pandemic. Like, you've got to give AEW a lot of credit for just staying afloat during this time. And I'm telling you, like, they were drawing and there were crowds everywhere they went. TNA could never do that. And
1: three tickets by the way.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. And on top of that, like DVR is so much more prevalent now than what it was in 2010. The internet is so much more prevalent, social media, the whole nine, like people see this show different ways. So you can't put too much into the ratings. The only reason that I did is because they were drawing better ratings and then all of a sudden they consistently got lower ratings for four straight weeks that's why i was like okay something's not right here and that's that's it
1: right and the tna thing people need to understand too is when they were getting their best ratings they were they were program blocked with ufc when ufc was hotter than it's ever been so it was like the ufc crowd was also watching tna for a lot of for a lot of that time
0: that's very true that's very true
1: Okay, Um, um and I appreciate y'all in the chat. By the way, like I'm not like I like I like seeing all the opinions in here. Even if you disagree with me, I like seeing that people uh have opinions on this stuff.
0: Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. We all want good shows. We all want to have content that we enjoy. Um, and 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 the reason that I am critical on AEW too is just because I know they can do better because I've seen them do better. So and. I, I just am critical on Tony Khan to a sense because it's like these guys are becoming his friends and he hangs out with them and all that. And like, does he have the balls to go up to them and say, look, we're you're no longer needed. We're going to have to let you go. I need him to be the alpha in this thing. And, and I just don't know. You know, once the pandemic ends and all that stuff, I need to see Tony Khan really go up and just say, Hey, you know, thank you for all you've done for us and, and we're moving on. Or guys' contracts get, get, uh, that, you know, ran out and he says, You know, we're not, we're not planning on bringing you back. Like, can he do that? Cause that's the key. Cause he can do it. I, I'm sure he can do it for football, but he's nowhere near as, involved on a personal level in football in my opinion like he's backstage with these guys he's partying with these guys after the end of the shows like these guys are around his same age like they're his buddies and that that's what concerns
1: me sure and i definitely i definitely see that like You know, I think it'd be hard for him to, once again, I'm a big Joey Janela fan. I want to see him in the company, but I think you'd have a hard time getting rid of him considering they probably drink White Claws together after the shows. You know what I mean? Like, so I, I totally get that. And also keep in mind, I'm unapologetically biased towards AEW. Like I want them to be, I want to like the show. Like I very, like I'm very pro AEW in almost every way because I, for a lot of reasons, but so a lot of this too, you always have to kind of keep in mind. Even if I'm kind of being a little too nice towards AEW, like I'm aware of it. Like I, I want this company to succeed so so bad for so many reasons. So, um, you know, this is what it is.
0: TNA crowds back then was what AEW crowds pretty much were in the pandemic area. In the pandemic area, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Oh uh, no! no fans in the crowd. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Well, or, you know, they have like 800 to 1,000 or whatever. They're starting to have like 1,100, 1,300. Just come on, 4,000. Just, okay, save 1,000. It's a 5,000 to Put 4,000 people in there. Let's go. And it's also the fatigue thing, too, where these, these people have seen these same people over and over and over and over again. So, no, you're not as excited. You know, that's the great thing when it was touring, like, the Inner Circle's music hit, that's the first time you've seen Jericho. You're hyped. You give a way different reaction than it's like, oh, it's Jericho for the 40th time. Sure. You know, like that. that is the, the mindset that some of these people have. And so I it's just, you know, it, we're not there yet where you can start traveling and everything. We're getting closer, but I think you can at least start to fill that stadium up.
1: Yeah, I think they will. I think I, I think it's common. Uh Lionheart says I'm pro AEW but they ain't opposition to WWE. That's not where I'm coming from at all with my views on it. No. It's it's like I don't like the current WWE product outside of a few things, but like I don't I'm not like um delusional and thinking they're like in, like that they're like this huge threat right now to the WWE's business. Like I'm not I'm not delusional. I just like the show. I just like the company and want to see them succeed.
0: I mean honestly like with this one um they could tour, they could have all the funding they wanted. They're still not drawing flies. They didn't know how to promote. At the well, end of the day, they did not know how to promote. They would have some of the biggest names in pro wrestling, and they couldn't they couldn't draw at all. And then they, it's it's night and day. I've been to TNA shows and I've been to AEW shows, and I'm telling you right now, it is night and day.
1: Yeah. I mean like when they had Hogan, for instance, they were paying him all that money. He wasn't even talking about TNA when he was out there doing media appearances. He like wouldn't even bring up the company. Like, they were, they, that that whole, yeah.
0: Not only that, what I found out later on is that Hogan was being paid by Spike.
1: Yeah, which I believe. And that's a lo- another thing, too, with uh, that comment um, from Kreese saying that they never had the same funding as AEW. Yeah, but they still had all. Panda Energy was pretty freaking rich. Like they and had the money. Energy
0: wasn't not only that. Um, like I said, Spike Spike paid for a lot of that stuff too. So,
1: and, and that's and that's uh, uh, Viacom really.
0: Yes. Yeah. And they got they got like the run-ins with the UFC. The UFC helped promote them and stuff too. So I mean, they they definitely had a a, a hand up on some things, but they just at the end of the day they were a mess and like if you find out more about tna like if you listen to like what was going on like if you listen to bruce pritchard uh episode with um you know something to wrestle with the tna episode i mean they talk about backstage stuff that's just it's it's wcw craziness nonsense like you know at the end of the day they were basically a company that i don't know what they do like oil or whatever they do um and they felt like that if they ran that company the same way as they run wrestling, it would be the same success. And like wrestling is a completely different business. So uh, it was flawed from the beginning. And I, if, if I knew what I know now about like the infrastructure of TNA and like how they ran it and how they planned on doing things, no way in hell would Bill and I <laughs> back it up like the way that we did. We would have known that it was doomed to fail and we would have just enjoyed it for what it was, but there was no way that we would be pounding on the table. Every pay-per-view you have to watch this. You have to see this, you know, because we really felt like that they were in good hands and that they were really on their way. Little did we know that like you have somebody running this thing. that doesn't even know anything about the business and the wrong people are in her ear. And, like the family has no clue what they're doing and they just keep funneling in money and they're not getting the ratings they want. And like, it's just, I like I said, we had no idea.
1: I think there's a possibility that Dixie Carter was much closer to some of these wrestlers than Tony Khan is with his crew. I'll just put it <laughs> that way. Uh, you know,
0: I'm, I'm sure that's possible.
1: I'm not, I'm not accusing anyone of anything. I'm just saying it's possible. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Hey, may, maybe Tony Khan has some fun times with, some female wrestlers. Hey, I, don't but, uh, I, don't, I don't know. I know.
1: I know nothing. I'm yep. just, I'm just, I'm actually just trying to be funny, but like there may a be. Chair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yes. I, I don't know, but, but, it. but at the end of the day, I I'm telling you, this is night and day. This is night and day. I, and the biggest thing is, is because Tony Khan business wise really knows what he's doing. Like because of the Jacksonville Jaguars, the connections he has, things like that. Um, and and the money like everything that you need to do to start a wrestling company it, it's right there in my opinion his biggest flaws are embracing identity politics and uh having a fig fed at, like a, a fig fed fantasy in some of his his uh booking that's that's probably my biggest thing like he doesn't want to get rid of any of his figures. That's that's a flaw in my opinion.
1: I, I get it though. I don't want to get rid of mine either.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I'm not getting rid of mine. Clearly they're they're everywhere right now. But but that that's that's my biggest concern with him.
1: Yeah. Oh, and uh just this reminder me, shout out to Glacier, because uh guess who just got himself a personalized signed glacier mask. This guy, wow, um, and uh, I hope so you didn't
0: have to break the bank for that one.
1: It was free, baby. I, uh, I know one of his students at the Nightmare Factory, so I, uh, I interviewed her the other day, and I had her bring my pro wrestling tees, glacier. It came in a crate, in like one of my wrestling crates. It was a glacier mask, so I was like, "Hey, can you bring this to Glacier and uh, have him sign it for me?" And he signed it for me, and he also gave me a free signed eight by ten. It's him hitting the cryonic kick on Liz Mark Jr. and it says, "Check this out." It says, "Stephen, stay cool, Glacier." Oh. Get it? Because he's Glacier. Stay yeah. cool, Glacier. Sure, yeah, get I'm sure
0: it. Chuck Liddell wishes he used that
1: line. Yeah. So shout out to Glacier. He gave me some free, some free uh, autographs, which I very much appreciate. I was a very big fan of his, being a WCW fan growing up. So. Y'all made fans, dude, see, here's the thing. I was actually watching TNA before these guys, but they were on the internet really like they were, Dylan and Doug were my guys. Like, that's why I'm always so happy to be on this channel is because like, like I was saying the same stuff they were, except I had no audience and no webcam and no microphone. So they were saying all the things that I couldn't say to the world. So yeah. I'm, I'm with y'all for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I don't want to discourage anybody, and I don't want to say that I that I hate TNA or anything. I don't like, and I really think that they're underrated. I I, I really question what would have happened to so many guys' career if TNA didn't exist.
1: Um, how many guys might have like not been around? Like, imagine what would have happened to some of those people, like their lives, if they didn't have TNA.
0: That's what I'm saying because WWE just had a philosophy: we won't take these certain type of people, regardless of how good they were, and so. Like, would Samoa Joe just been in ROH for 12 years? Like Am I, I'm
1: even saying, like, the veterans, like, who may have had, you know, like, drug and alcohol problems, if they had nowhere to go, who knows what would have happened? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you don't want a guy like, you know, we've seen a guy like Scott Hall, for instance, but who knows what his life is like if he didn't even have, like, TNA to go to for a little while and stuff, you know? Well, like, even, I,
0: like, Kurt Angle. What would have happened to Kurt Angle? Like just t- having to sit at
1: home, taking his yeah. pills.
0: So, I mean, I mean, AJ Styles, right? Like, who knows what happened to him? There's no way WWE looks at him and just says, yeah, you're the guy for us. You know, like, there's so many. Like, you, you really have to be grateful for TNA. And honestly, I think that AEW somewhat does have TNA's playbook. I think that's one of the reasons why they embrace Impact because TNA was really one of the first ones to put major stars with indie wrestlers. Like, that's... That's what they did. And, yeah. and we'd never seen that before. We had never seen, didn't matter your size, it didn't matter what you look like. If you could go in the ring, that's all that mattered. And then, by the way, you're going to be wrestling Sting and Christian and Kurt Angle. And, you know, like, you've never seen anything like that. And, and AEW now is like, you're Sting, you're with Darby, and you're going to wrestle Brian Cage. And, you know, like, that's very TNA-ish to me.
1: But it's you know good.
0: So I, like it. I, I think I think TNA really changed the business in that aspect. And so whatever people say about TNA, whatever um, negative comments they have or anything, I really think TNA had a major impact in wrestling that I think will come out later on as the years go by. But they're not WCW and they didn't have the years that WCW was, but. I do think that TNA is more impactful than ROH at the end of the day. Like I think ROH has had some amazing stuff. And I do think that ROH was really the beginning of the the development of AEW as a sense of like the elite and how over they got and how they became bigger than the company itself, which made them start their own company. So I'm not taking that away. There's definitely a run there that those guys were super hot. Um, but at the end of the day, like, I, if you're going to go by legacy, like, I think TNA really changed the game.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And we got a lot of good stuff out of those those matchups that we never thought, like, you know, whatever happened or on paper might not look so great. Like, there was a lot of really good stuff. Um, yeah, Sean says TNA was the first company to show me that indie wrestlers can still deliver and feel special. that's that's true and ring of honor as well like you mentioned like there was those random like cm punk and eddie guerrero being in the ring together and stuff like that like that might not have been ring of honor but like iwa or something but but the point is like you got that every now and then on the indies you get like a veteran guy but tna made it like they were just a part of the show like Angle and Rhino and and Sting and all these guys they were just they were part of the stories and they were part of the the matches like, and all of the main what, events. What
0: would you what would we think of Christopher Daniels if TNA didn't exist?
1: We would think that he – because I remember watching Nitro when he landed on yeah his neck.
0: he landed on his neck and that was like it. And I mean yeah he do his thing in Ring of Honor, but like that guy really got noticed in TNA. Like and and that's what I'm talking about is is like. There were so many guys that benefited from TNA that really contributed to the business, and so it's really hard to just say that TNA was trash and on blah blah blah. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, I, and I've never thought that it was trash personally. No. Like I've, but but I know that that could be a perception. And Edward uh, Lozano with an interesting thing he says: TNA more impactful than ECW, and I would say no, only because ECW is like what the WWF looked at when they created the attitude era to like a big yeah. degree so like that that really made wrestling bigger than it ever been and i think a lot of that had to do with ecw being around
0: by the way nice word choice there for impact um <laughs> but uh i would say that tna was far more talented though
1: oh in the by, ring unquestionably
0: by far way more talented um i could argue probably one of the best Wrestling rosters of all time, like some of the stuff was amazing that they had. Uh, yeah, but like it was no, seven I, I above ECW just for the simple fact of how much ECW really changed wrestling. Both were mismanaged terribly, too, by
1: the way. Absolutely, yeah. And it's all like that's always going to be a question of like what would have happened mean, if Paul in- Are
0: we really ever going to hear wrestlers say, like, Tony Khan didn't pay me? <laughs> you know what i mean exactly yeah like like that's not gonna ever like i i i just think that they definitely have a business model to where they're in good shape you know what i mean
1: well and here's the thing at the end of the day like i'm not saying this as any kind of uh dig towards um towards tony Khan, but like at the end of the day like shod pretty much has an unlimited bank role. Like he's like the 20th richest guy in the world. So if something yeah. was happening with AC, AC with uh, AEW and they wanted the business to stay afloat, like they have an unlimited amount of money. So
0: yeah, for sure. Um,
1: another we super chat. Support thank support you. So that. thank you so much. Y'all A lot of super yeah, chats for sure.
0: um i we got some new people send us super chats too. So I really appreciate that. Thanks for coming in guys. Um, And if you haven't yet liked this video, um, it helps the algorithms. You know what I mean? and uh so we can keep bringing you guys content i hope you guys like the the backgrounds and all that stuff it looks pretty cool um uh, i feel like you know, kane the ring
1: i liked it i know that the veterans didn't but the younger guys seemed to i think it had a lot to do with how tight they made the ropes um yeah. but it gave guys like aj styles different angles they could do moves from and stuff so yeah um, yeah, I never
0: had a problem with it. I thought it was really good for branding. I honestly thought it was one of the branding things that really worked in TNA. They like took away the six sided ring. It didn't feel the same. And, um, it, it, and then like when you did the ultimate X with the six sided ring, it just looked so different. And that was, that was really cool
1: yeah and it kind of even though it was six sides and not eight it kind of looks similar to the octagon you know what i mean like which you know ufc i I can't stress enough how how much i think the ufc really helped tna during some of these years with how popular they were so i think it kind of it almost looked like ufc octagon kind of as a wrestling ring you know what i mean
0: right yeah for sure all right see we gotta hurry up man um I mean, we so, can just
1: run through these predictions and then yeah, talk a little UFC. The, and, let's run
0: through the predictions real quick, and then we can talk about John Jones and Francis, and then we can head out. If you guys have any more questions, just send them through the Super Chat. We'll answer them before we leave. Let's yeah, anyone,
1: Anyone who missed earlier, uh, I have Pete Dunn over Kushida. He has Kushida over Pete Dunn. We both have MSK to win the tag team titles that are vacant. Um, I have Bronson Reed to win the North American gauntlet match for the number one contender, and Doug has Swerve. Uh, we both have Walter in the NXT UK championship match. And I think it's interesting because they've already built Walter versus Rampage Brown for the title in NXT UK. So it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. For Bellator predictions, I'm going to go Pitbull. That's the only prediction I feel like I need to make. Yeah, Pitbull um, all day. Possibly he the best featherweight, the, uh, probably the best featherweight in the world. I'll throw that. Yeah, out. Yeah, for sure. Um, so next we got Io Shirai versus Raquel Gonzalez. Shirai's the champion. Gonzalez is challenging NXT Women's Championship. He got
0: is Gonzalez any good? I've never seen her wrestle.
1: Uh, I think she's. I think she's very solid. She's. A, she's a, a big, like a tall, big, strong. Looks pretty good.
0: Okay. Um, I only know Io Shirai, so I'm going with Io Shirai.
1: Um, I'm gonna go. I'm, I feel like they're in a position where like Shirai is going to start running out of people soon. And I think they're pretty high in Gonzalez. So I'm going to take Gonzalez. But that said, Shirai is my favorite woman on any of the NFC brands personally. I like her the best. Um, so so
0: Frankie I, Monet shows up.
1: Yeah. I... uh I think Shirai. Shirai just looks like a star. You hear her music. You see her entrance. You're drawn to her. She's very good in the ring. She has a different kind of look and a different kind of vibe to her. So, she on a... is
0: the perfect Asian star for TNA. a I'm not for TNA. AEW. Oh, for AEW. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah
1: I, I agree. Like that,
0: that, they could use someone like her. Not these random Yoshis that we don't know, that we don't connect with, that are just brought in every now and then, like more focus focus.
1: yeah yeah um but i'll take i'll take raquel um although i do or raquel technically i always say raquel i think that sounds better for some reason but i'm gonna take raquel and um on a on a personal level i'd like to see shirai but uh, picks wise i'll go raquel raquel um the next night i'm gonna bounce around on in order because i want to deep dive on one of these for sure. So we have uh, Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. This is for the NXT Women's Tag Team Titles. You got? It. Um, Moon and Blackheart are the champions. For what it's worth, I'm gonna
0: I'm gonna say that they retain.
1: I'm gonna say they retain. Also, although I don't know if you know this, but they handed the belts to uh, Gonzalez and Dakota Kai the first night that they made the titles and the first night they lost the belts to Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. So there was two champions the first night the belts were on, like on air. Um, but I'm going to take Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart also. Uh, Johnny Gargano versus to be determined. We don't know who's going to win the gauntlet match. Do you think we have a new champion regardless or do you think Gargano retains?
0: I'm really not following Gargano too much. He's been doing some kind of weird stuff. Like, I really I – m- I miss Johnny Takeover, you know what I mean? Um, I think whoever wins is going to win. Okay. Like, whoever whoever wins the, the six man or whatever is going to beat Johnny for the title.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably a good call. I'm going to go Gargano just because I don't know who that person is going to be. Um and if in Loray and Hartwell are a tag team and they're all in kind of the same group called the Way, so maybe Gargano keeps his belt. And I don't know, I'm gonna go Gargano. Um, this one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, Jordan Devlin versus Santos Escobar. This is Cruiserweight title versus Cruiserweight title to finally unify the belts. Um, this I, is a
0: ladder match, isn't it?
1: It is a ladder match. Yes, yeah, Good. thank you for bringing that up. Um, yeah, who do you think wins this one? or do you uh, do you follow 205 live at all? Yeah. Or, so, I'll I'll say this. Both guys have done very very good work with the with these titles. Like Jordan Devlin's been doing really good stuff in NXT UK. It's hard to get past him looking exactly like Finn Balor, but like once you do, he's yeah, very yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's very very good in the ring. And yeah. Escobar I think has done a great job. He's been probably the most important thing to happen at 205 live in years. Um yeah. So, I'm going to say I'm going to say that Escobar walks away with the belts. Okay. But I'd be fine either way. I think it's going to be a really good match.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning toward Escobar as well, but we'll see.
1: We've got uh, the title match, Finn Balor defending against Karrion Cross for the world title. Who do you think walks away with the championship?
0: Uh, Karrion Cross all day.
1: Yeah, I got to go Karrion Cross too. I think we'll I probably think see – Finn's
0: kind of just been the placeholder since he had surgery, and now that he's back – He's going to win.
1: Yeah, and I think we'll see Balor back on Raw or SmackDown uh, later this year.
0: Wasn't his request to leave? Like, to come back?
1: Yeah, but it was the WWE... Like, the WWE was going to have him come back to Raw or SmackDown, so, like, I think that they'll probably still want to do that whenever... Because the other thing is, like, what's left for Balor? Personally, i like to see Balor in NXT, like, because he can have his best matches there, and I'm more interested in that. But, like... What's left for him to do? Like two-time NXT champion, you've wrestled everybody on NXT. Like you've made evented all these shows. Like I don't know. But anyways, I'm gonna go carrying cross you. I think that's a pretty obvious one. And then uh, the match that I consider to be the main event of the show. Oh,
0: this is the main event. I mean, this is this is the this is it. Yeah, right
1: Un- unsanctioned Adam Cole versus Kyle O'Reilly. Um, this is a match that me and you have both seen many times, yes. um, but we haven't seen it in years, and we've never seen it in the WWE umbrella. Yep. Um, I mean, I'm going Kyle for my yeah, prediction.
0: I think, I think what I think I think Kyle's going to win. I think Adam's finally getting called up.
1: I feel the same way. Yep. Um, I expect this match to be the best match we've seen in NXT, maybe ever. Like that's how high my expectations are.
0: I don't think you can do it without a crowd, but I think it's going to be really good.
1: Yeah. And, and that's a good point. The the no crowd thing is going to hurt. But I
0: will say this without a crowd though, they can do more character development stuff. He can talk to him. I loved you or whatever. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. can really play out the scene uh, so much more without a crowd. And I feel like that really thrives in Adam Cole's favor. Um, but Kyle has lost to Finn twice. Uh, Adam Cole has talked about how he's always going to be the lackey. Like this is just building up to where Kyle finally wins the big one type thing. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to beat Adam
1: and give me Kyle O'Reilly versus carrying cross. That'd be so good.
0: Yeah. That'd be sweet. Um,
1: sweet. So don't, don't,
0: I don't know. I kind of would rather have carrying cross go on like a six month title reign.
1: Oh, like I'm not saying Kyle, right away. I'm not Kyle, saying right it's away. It built yeah. up
0: to where Kyle wins the belt.
1: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man, I'm. That's I'm, what I want. I'm with it. I, I, I don't think Karen Cross is going to be in NXT for very long. Yeah, I don't. So, know.
0: as soon as Vince really gets a hold of him, he's going to love him, and it's, it's, it's. And, it's all she wrote and, and Scarlet too. He's going to see it's old.
1: Right. Well, and and the, the, I think Scarlet's a big factor in that too. Vince is going to see that pairing there and be like, "This yeah. is." this is money. So
0: the entrance, the whole nine, I, I just think he's, he's going to love it.
1: Yeah. So we're both he, on the same page. He here.
0: Vince always wanted the fiend to be like possibly the undertaker ish type, something like that, but it looks more realistic, I guess you would say.
1: Yeah. And he has that legitimate, you know, MMA background and everything. So like, I mean, he's, he's a very, just a very believable guy as a wrestler. Um, and kyle is the same way for me and that's another thing that with like the no crowd it's going to benefit adam cole because he can do all his talking but i think yep. we'll also hear how hard kyle was going you were hearing him grunting and, and yeah. hitting and i mean it's going to be it's gonna be like a fight like i and these are two of my these are probably my two favorite people that are employed by the wwe so like this yeah. is i love this is the match that i've been calling for since both guys signed like three and a half four years ago so like yep. I mean um, it's
0: it's been done to death but it's been such a long break that it's not that bad.
1: And so many people are going to be seeing this for the first time,
0: which is crazy. Which I know this I know this guy is a diehard NXT fan. He thinks AEW's trash and like he is so excited for this match and he's never seen them wrestle ever. Like he but he thinks Kyle O'Reilly's great and he knows Adam Cole's great, so he just you know but it's funny cuz it's almost like he's found this like buried treasure or something that like we've all known about like dude this is going to be so amazing it's like yeah it was amazing in 2016 and you know what i mean like it's it's uh it, it was always strange to kind of see Adam Cole and Kyle together for the undisputed era which by the way i mean i thought that they had an amazing run now that it's Same. over like Same. they were awesome their music was badass like there's nothing like going to yeah there's nothing like going to a live show and that music hits and they're all come out like they, they're badass. especially
1: kyle coming out there doing yeah. that. oh man kicking his is, leg like, I
0: love all of them right bobby fish roger strong kyle o'reilly adam cole like they're all great like could you imagine if the undisputed era was nexus Like, oh, yeah, totally this stuff happened. Totally
1: different. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, it would blow the roof off the place. And that that was the biggest issue with Nexus. They just had no no stars in it. But like if you would have had the Undisputed Era hop the rail and destroy John Cena on a Raw. And honestly, when they were getting to the point where they were getting big, I really thought they should have invaded Raw. They should have been that faction that just kind of took over because. Yeah, they're smaller, but they're brutal and they'll beat the crap out of you. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, so. yeah, for sure. One of my favorite moments in like recent WWE memory is that same uh, takeover that I was talking about in New Orleans, uh, WrestleMania 34 weekend. That was the night when Roddy turned on Pete Dunne, like mid match, to help Undisputed Era win the tag team titles. And I marked out so hard for that. I was like, yes this is exactly where Roddy belongs. Like I was so happy to see him join up with those guys. Like, yep, because you know, they were, it was just the three of them and like they were teasing yep. Roddy for a while. And like, when yep. he finally did it, I was like, that was so well done. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, That's I thought I, I enough
0: credit, like I, I was going back and watching some of this stuff. They've had some unbelievable stuff and it was like, It was funny to me because I was thinking to myself, like, man, this was before AEW, where like this was really our only alternative and it was still under the WWE umbrella, you know? And they really had something. And then what they did is they showed WWE's hand of what they will do to the stars that get called up there. And then it it just flatlined for me. Like, yes. And AEW. Yes, I will give you TakeOver anytime because they're all great and they go out there and deliver but like the overall excitement of the product the end game is to get called to the main roster and then you just kill them off like i'm not interested in that yeah so yeah
1: um, I, I mean i watched NXT every single week up until AEW started then i started kind of dual screening or like leaving NXT on mute or whatever but like i thought that they they had a great i mean but it's like you said it's hard to really when I watch NXT, my mindset is that I'm getting to see the last great wrestling of these wrestlers yeah. until they, until maybe years from now if they wind up in another yeah, company. But, like,
0: I mean, they're it, right? Yeah. You know what I mean?
1: Yes, yeah, sir. So, was that the full card? That was it.
0: Okay. My wife's heading home, so I've got like 10 minutes. So, okay. Let's I think there was a super chat real quick. Got it. Um, From Dirty Cleaky. Is that how you say it? Um, Leggy? Leggy? Yeah, something. Uh I really appreciate it by the way. That's the second time. Thank you so much. You. Um, do you think anyone can beat Izzy at middleweight?
1: Uh, yeah, I think someone can. Well,
0: I don't think he's unbeatable. Kevin Holland for stepping up on two weeks' notice. Like that dude's a, a nut. He might be annoying and all that, <sighs> but like, dude, at the end of the day, that guy's about that life.
1: Yeah, I'm I mean I that's the best thing he could possibly do after that loss to to um Brunson.
0: And and he's facing what, Vittori? I mean
1: Yeah, and Vittori's good. Very yeah, good. he's
0: definitely good, but I feel like Vittori will stand with him.
1: I agree. Yep. And
0: that's that that's a pick 'em fight now, if that's what's gonna happen.
1: Yeah. but to answer your question, uh dirty Cleggy, um, I mean, it is a good question. I, I think Adesanya is beatable, but like as far as who I think would beat him, that's currently at middleweight.
0: We need, I really we don't need a know wrestler at one eighty five, in my opinion, to really give him problems.
1: I thought it was going to be Gastelum, but I was wrong there. No,
0: but I mean, Gastelum really put it on him. I think he's definitely beatable. I think he will probably get beat within the next couple of years at middleweight for sure. The,
1: the way that Blahovich was taking him down, if if Romero would have come in and like done that, he would have been the yeah, champion. Uh,
0: being all goofy and weird like he does, like, that guy's so – you never know what you're going to get with a Romero.
1: Yeah, I think Rumble Johnson's about to knock his head with the stands. I would say
0: right now, no. I would say right now, no. I don't think Whitaker can beat him. I don't think Holland can beat him. I don't think Vittori can beat him. But, um, and I don't think Costa can beat him, but I feel like eventually there will be a contender that pops up that will give him a lot of problems. I don't think I don't look at him like the John Jones level, unbeatable, all this stuff. I don't even look at him like Anderson Silva level either. I still think he's great, don't get me wrong, but, um, I think the blueprint has kind of been shown. And I, I think that it's really going to hurt his confidence. I really do at the end of the day. He's going to need to go in there and win dominant, dominantly for a couple of fights to really get that confidence back. Because I don't think he had any intention of losing that fight. Otherwise, he wouldn't have took it. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. And I'm, and I'm looking at the top 15 right now in middleweight. And I really don't. I, re- I mean, I thought Jared Cannonier might've been a problem, but like he's got too many holes and he's coming off a loss. And I think Jack Hermanson's really dangerous. I think Darren Till has a chance at a knockout, but like, I think it's much more likely as he would be in him. I, so yeah, I really don't see anyone beating Izzy at middleweight for none. No one is currently in the top 15 probably.
0: Yeah. So last subject that's headlined here. Um, John Jones, right? Okay. So here's my issue with John Jones and I, I, i put is he scared i do not think john jones is scared right i will say this is he concerned definitely the thing is we all knew that john was moving up to heavyweight this was never an issue john decided to move up to heavyweight he showed all his training videos all stuff everybody under the sun said john's gonna fight the winner john will fight the winner at the end of the day I had good conversations with Dana. John's at a good place. We, we, you know, we're working on a plan with him, all this stuff. The moment that that savage killer killed Steve A. John Jones was like, Yeah, I'm gonna need more money. Like, regardless of what he says, it wasn't a good look. Like, he basically was just like, Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not doing that for eight or ten million dollars. I need more than that. Like, I think he's handled this thing terribly. And I think he pissed off Dana because Dana was at the press conference and, you know, they were like, you know, John posted that he's all excited about the fight, and but then he also posted that show me the money. And then Dana was just like, show him the money. Show him the money. And then they were like, well, what did you think about uh, – what, what do you think John Jones thought about that fight? He's like, I think he's thinking he needs to go to 185. And so like you could tell he's pissed off. And then he's like, well, John keeps talking. You can call Hunter right now. We can make the deal tonight. We can we can get the fight done tonight. And so John's like, no, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. And and I I at the end of the day, I don't think he fights him right now. I think it'll be Derek Lewis and Francis Ngannou. And then I think that I think the fight eventually happens. But and this is the thing that bothers me about John. Like clearly, arguably the GOAT, right? Like mm-hmm. If you take away all the off off the cage, out of the cage issues, all that stuff, he is the GOAT, right? Sure. But, man, like you can't expect to be treated the same when you did all that other stuff. You did tarnish your image. You did tarnish your legacy. And you can't vent in frustration of how you're treated when that company stuck by you the whole entire time and they're still offering you a a good amount of money and don't act like that you're ready to move up to heavyweight. If all you're looking for is a bigger payday, that should have been, that should have been taken care of before you ever decided to move up and wait. Because at the end of the day, there were other fights for you at two Oh five that you decided to move up to heavyweight to avoid. So you don't want to fight yawn and you don't want to fight Francis unless you're getting paid a huge amount of money. It just looks bad.
1: Yeah, I mean, those are good points. Those are all really good points, and I agree with pretty much everything you said. Um, but I also think that it's a bad look for Dana White to go out there and say that about John Jones, like, like imply that John Jones is scared and needs to run to one eighty five. That
0: that is Dana's back pocket move whenever he hears a fighter wants more money. I mean, he went on a complete ad ag campaign against Tito Ortiz when Tito Ortiz asked for more money against Chuck, like. Mm-hmm. It, it immediately just sparks oh well he's not ready to fight then or he's afraid or whatever. I, I agree. it was disrespectful, but to me that's them showing that there is not they're not on the same page. There is some bad blood there and I don't think John's in the position to renegotiate his deal and all that stuff because at the end of the day he's not the champion. He doesn't have a lot of leverage. He's never fought at heavyweight. Dana could easily just say, look, you've never fought at heavyweight. We'll just keep using heavyweight
1: fighters. I think he has a ton of leverage because he because he, he doesn't need the UFC anymore. Like He could go promote his own thing and make way more money on his own than he will with the UFC, headlining his own show against but, anyone but, with any kind of name.
0: But he's under contract. They own him.
1: Yeah, I know, I'm, but I'm just saying, like, if if it went sideways enough, I mean, Rumble Johnson was on under contract too, and he got out and went to Bellator. I mean, but like, John they're,
0: Jones hit a pregnant woman in a, in a car drive oh. by, and they never released him. They're I never know. releasing that guy. They I, would I, sit there and rot.
1: I know, but I also like because it it isn't, but Dan, it isn't just like the John Jones thing. It's like he did the same kind of thing when like Curtis Blades beat Alexander Volkov, and he's like, oh, I mean, like, yeah, you beat him, but like. Who cares? That match it was sucked. So like it's like and it's like, dude, he just won though. Like I mean, it's still talking trash about this dude. So like I, the John Jones thing is interesting because everything you said is right. Like I mean, there's they've stuck by him. He's done a lot of really stupid stuff. Um, but to for anyone to even imply that he's afraid, I I think is so wrong. The dude's been fighting killers his whole career. He I was agree. beating legends at 22 years old, or whatever. Like, I agree. You know, I, and- I don't
0: think he's afraid, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for his MMA legacy. But in my opinion, he made himself look like he was afraid, and that—that that is the problem. Like, at the end of the day, that you never complained about the money when you decided to move to heavyweight, you complained about it before, but you never complained about the money. When you decided to move to heavyweight, you had no problem showing off all your, your weight gains and your muscle, uh, and your lifting and all this stuff. But the moment that, that steep got knocked out, he asked for more money. And honestly, if steep A would have beat Francis and by decision, I don't know if John's asking for more money on Twitter. I really don't. Yeah. I don't know. And
1: then and you could be right. Like there was- Very good points. Um, I, I also think, I mean, when here's, here's a good example. I think John Jones, it was either Jones or someone talking about John Jones, like brought up the point that like there was a middleweight fight 30 something years ago between Hagler and Sugar Ray Leonard and Marvin Hagler. Once again, middleweight fight, Marvin Hagler I think walked away with like 20 million and sugar way, walked away with like 12 million. Yeah. And we're talking about 34 years ago, not yep. even counting into like inflation and all this stuff. And that's where I think John's head is really at. I think the Francis thing has something to do with it. Cause he's like, I don't want to go out there.
0: Jake Paul is making like $40 million boxing, uh, you know, in amateur stuff.
1: Right. And that's my hope. My whole point about like John Jones. I don't think John Jones cares what the like i don't think he cares if his relationship with the ufc goes completely sideways and he can get out of that because like you just said he'll if jake paul can go out and make that kind of money imagine the kind of money john jones can make fighting anybody so like so that's the kind of thing where like i think for in jones's mind and he was saying this too when he vacated the light heavyweight title he was basically saying like I'm moving up to heavyweight, and I he was saying he wanted more money back then. To be fair, like when he moved when he made the move, he was like, "I want to get paid more. I want these big, yeah." Like like Edward Lozano is saying, uh, "Johns wants the, the the cash out." And I, why wouldn't he? The guys been the guys been fighting for like two million a fight this whole time, while the while the shards well, the shards, while the shows that he's i the shows and cards together, while the shows that he's headlining are bringing in millions upon millions. He's probably made the company like a billion dollars. Like all of his fights combined and the guy's making 2 million a fight. It's good money. Don't get me wrong. But then when you think about once again, 34 years ago, there's boxers making 20 million and it's like, how am I still getting this? And I've got the leverage of like, he doesn't ever have to fight again. He's already established his legacy as one of the goats of the sport. So the UFC, I mean, I think he's in a great position. Either the UFC is going to have to pay him to get in there, what he wants, or he doesn't have to fight again, or he can get out of his contract and fight for more money outside the UFC.
0: See, I think he's I think he's in a bad position because, one, he hasn't fought 14 months. So if he doesn't fight again two years, three years, then all of a sudden the idea of him fighting Francis is not going to happen. So then they're going to have to give him a contender fight, which is not going to generate the most money, right? Then on top of that, he's stuck in a contract. He's not going to get out of that contract. And so they will literally just let him sit there and rot. And they won't give a damn about it either because of all the headaches that he put them through too. So it's like, I, I feel like he's in a bad. And on top of that, he's never fought at heavyweight before. The only reason he's getting a title shot is because the UFC is granting him a title shot. It's not that he earned it because he never fought a heavyweight. So I, I just don't think that he has a lot of leverage in this deal. I think he's going to have to take whatever they offer. And if that's it, if he wants to fight. And, and if he doesn't, then he just doesn't fight. And I think that they move on with Francis. And then they just, because at the end of the day, Francis is the draw now. That guy's a killer. He looks like a killer. He's going to be able to generate um, a, a lot of buzz. And you're not going to have to really worry about him doing crazy stuff outside the cage. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, but I I mean to be fair though, I do think that John Jones is still a bigger draw than Francis Ngannou is probably by quite a big margin. I think if Francis went in there and slept John Jones it makes him the star. Like, yes. you know, but it
0: takes two to tango, right? Because John by himself he does about 600,000, 700,000. That's usually like with a DC sometimes. So like I think um I think that uh hold on.
1: Um, but yeah, I mean, no, no, but I'm I'm with you though. Like, I mean, he isn't, he, they they want those guys like a Brock Lesnar or Connor or someone who's going to guarantee you a million pay-per-view buys, no matter who he's in there with for sure. Yep.
0: Okay. Well, I would like to keep Arguing this point, but no, it's all good. We're, we're, we're both basically on the same page. So yeah, we'll see what happens. At the end of the day, I think the fight does happen. I do think the fight happens when you're stuck in a contract. You usually end up fighting it out at least to get out of it. Um, real quick, also, if Jake Paul knocks out um, uh, oh, uh, an Ascarin, then the fight to make is Sean O'Malley versus Jake Paul. They they both generate. They both appeal to the same fan base it would be huge no matter what sean o'malley becomes a bigger name and i think he has a really good chance of beating jake paul like i think that that would be an an awesome idea to do um but i gotta go otherwise you know my wife and the kids are going to come in and everything so i really appreciate everybody being here thanks for coming in um like this video uh share it out and uh, like I said, we've been gaining some buzz We're getting more views, getting uh, more people in the chat. So I really appreciate it. Um, next week, we'll definitely be previewing WrestleMania. So we'll be talking about WrestleMania and uh, the whole weekend in general and whatever else news pops up. So take care, guys. If you haven't liked this video, like this video and Steven plug whatever you need to plug real
1: quick uh i'm gonna plug stay up for another two hours and 20 minutes watch the second episode of mighty ducks game changers that'll be on tonight on disney plus Plus. and that bad. It's it's, not I've, that bad. I've i thoroughly enjoyed the first episode i'm looking forward to it so same with my brother he came over today and he was disappointed it wasn't out yet he was like where's the second episode so yeah um also, also, real, real quick, quick.
0: Watch Koto Bushi and Will Ospreay this weekend. Gen- there you Gen- go. The Sakurai Genesis is going to be amazing.
1: Good plug. Uh, early prediction, I think Nate Diaz defeats Leon Edwards and to- puts a big wrench in that whole plan. So I'm going to say I'm going to put my prediction out there right now for that fight. And if you want to follow me on Nate Twitter. Diaz
0: beats Leon Edwards? I think
1: Nate Diaz beats Leon Edwards. Because oh, yeah. I, we'll we'll have to I,
0: talk about that next week.
1: I think, I think Edwards has damn good striking, but if that thing hits the floor, Nate's going to destroy him. So, cool. um, cool. anyways, we'll talk about that later. Um, yep. my, my Twitter's fight talk underscore F I G H T T A L K underscore. Um, they don't have the five days free during the collective for independent But if you use my code fight talk, F I G H T T A L K I W iwtv.live or independent Um, it does help my podcast out. I get paid a little bit if you use my code. So I'd, I'd appreciate that a lot y'all. And thank you all very much for all the super chats tonight. Everybody in the chat, whether you agree or disagree, thank you all for being here. I very much appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you guys. Take care.